Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. Ma'am, what, what happened to you? I got maced. You got maced. By the police. And what happened? You were trying to go inside the yeah, Capitol? Yeah, I, I made it like a foot inside, and they pushed me out, and they maced me. What's your, what's your name? Where are you from? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And why did you want to go in? We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Thank you. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse. The fifth column. Greedy. Uh, doesn't feel appropriate today. Doesn't feel appropriate today. I'm Camille. This is the fifth column. You are welcome. Wow. But this, it just feels weird today. You know what I mean? And I'm not asking to myself. I'm asking Matt Welch, editor at Large Reason Magazine, Michael Moynihan, Vice News. This feels weird today. It's a little uncomfortable. I don't know if it's quite Pearl Harbor 9-11 uncomfortable, <laughs> although I've well, heard both things suggested. Yes. But it feels pretty uncomfortable. It's, uh, when I was driving down here, we're... The two, Matt and I, are in uh, Chinatown at uh, Fifth Column uh, uh, East Coast headquarters. And uh, Camille is, of course, in California. But I, I was driving over the Manhattan Bridge and listening to uh, the proceedings uh, in the Capitol that had started up again. And uh, Mitch McConnell uh, gave a, pr- a pretty good uh, speech, I thought. Um, you know, I can hear the criticism say, well, why didn't he do this before? I'm just going to say right now it was a good speech. <laughs> just on its own. I don't want to go backwards. Mm-hmm. He saying, had a great one earlier. Yeah, it was a good speech. Okay. And uh, then Chuck Schumer came in after, uh, after him and then said that, uh, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt on December 8th, 1941, said it was a date that shall live in infamy. And this one, too is one of the few American dates that shall live in infamy. And I'm like, well, I don't know. See, here's the thing. (laughs) I think it's really bad. And I think these people are really, really horrible. But I just don't think it's the same as the Japanese killing 3,000 people in one day with a series of uh, waving roll of, a, of uh, physical uh, bombing raids. True, but this, this, <laughs> is, Hawaii. this is very unlikely, I think, to be the end of or like the, the high point of awfulness in this story. Right. Uh, it's pretty I think, cl- I, what could be worse? What, what could get, you know, we, who knows, you know, American politics is a two party pendulum. I mean, you, there's learned behaviors on both sides, including the learned behaviors of making asshole objections on January 6th to the otherwise pro forma presidential certification process, yeah. which Democrats have done a couple of times in the 21st century already. So, like, you learn that behavior. Oh, we can do this now? Let's do this over here. Oh, that's oh, going to yeah, escalate yeah, yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah. And it goes, it escalates over here, right? You, you Look, a bunch of, you know, QAnon, MAGA, yes. LARPing dickwads uh, went into the Capitol today. Oh, okay, you know, this group of protesters on the left can go into the Capitol maybe next time and do it this way. It's not. Yeah. And then that's, that's what, to, and to be clear, that's what I meant about, you know, how much worse could it get? I don't mean sort of in the, the, the sort of U S in general in our political system. I mean, with these weirdos, with these scumbags, with these ratbags that charged in, in, in some of the most disgraceful scenes. I mean, I've been watching it, I think since I've, talked to Camille and you know since you came and I was like catching up because I had a busy day of not 
looking at the insurrectionists. <laughs> and, uh, it was at Ikea for some point. Um, it was great, very peaceful. Yeah. Um, and when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, these people are completely out of their minds, right? And so how much worse can they get? The one thing that gives me um, a bit of you know, relief and happiness is that when you don't believe that the mask is going to save you, and you think that this is a great political statement about COVID. Somebody posted a video of them, all these people today decompressing at the Trump Hotel or whatever hotel that they're in, you know, all sitting around without masks on. And there's big signs all around them, please wear a mask. The good thing about that is that they all charge the Capitol without masks on. And these complete fucking numbnuts that were stealing things that uh, were going into people's offices, stealing their mail, stealing this. Bashing doors down with barricades on which they put drain the swamp banners. Yes. Without yes. a mask. The be- and without a mask on is like, and there's photographs of it. And, and, and a friend of mine was like, you know, do you think they'll catch these people? And I'm like, I think they're going to catch them. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I think it's probably going to be pretty. The shirt, like with a yeah. hat horn. The hat horns. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nope. They're going to find him. Yeah. 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 Um, Guy doing like the, 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 the power fist. Yes. At the speaker's rostrum. Yes. They're going to find, find him. Yeah, find he might guy. be in jail already. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, um, you know, cause it's always, Fun to listen to MSNBC and CNN and everything. And the problem with all of this, and this is the thing that I guess you have to get away, get out of the way immediately, is that it, it, the Twitter debate about this, which should not be paid attention to other than to look at how fucking insane literally everybody is. Um, literally everybody. I mean, there's like nobody who isn't insane on Twitter today. Except me. Yeah, you're insane too. I, I have some complaints about you My too. brief glances of cable news suggest that most of the people there are pretty insane as well. Uh, oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was getting to that. Then the cable news people. I was, I was uh, watching the, the cable news stuff and uh, I found some streams online and watching it. And, you know, the thing about it is everybody believes that you have to take one firm position that you don't. There's no flexibility in it whatsoever. You decry this side you dec- or, or, or you're on the other side. or what is it? To have a sort of like, well, let's stop and let's, let's hold on here. There's no punishment. There's no penalty right now for making the most absurd you know, over the top comparisons. This is Pearl Harbor. Somebody saying, uh, I can't remember who it was, somebody uh, well known saying, you know, this is the worst day for American democracy in my lifetime. And I was like, 9 11 was pretty hard. <laughs> that was a tough, tough, like, well, no, for democracy. I'm like, no, that was, a, that was a challenge to American democracy, considering that the response to it was a rather heavy hand of government and foreign wars and five, things like that. Five second defense, that's an external threat as opposed to something that we did to ourselves. Yeah, see, here's the thing. And this is the thing that'll get me in all sorts of trouble. And, you know, I'm not going to do the throat clearing. Um, except for when it's necessary to point out that I think I'm, I'm going to be so excited when all these people get arrested. Um, I think I, I, I was I, I, literally before we started, I found a video online of when this all began and, and they were rushing yeah. the, the barricades and overrun this female police officer. They overrun these other cops. And I think I slowed this down and showed it to Matt like 15 times of the American hero of the day was a DC cop or Capitol Hill cop who comes into frame and just fucking leathers a guy just like right in the face. And it's like, I was so, I was so excited. Like I loathe these people in almost, I mean, they're everything (laughs) that is wrong with the universe. Um, there's left-wing versions and there's right-wing versions, but we're dealing with the right-wing versions now, mm-hmm. right? And the guys going in, like the guy going into the Capitol that was, you know, attacking this 
this police officer and backing him up and walking up the stairs, up the stairs yeah. which <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. Um, it's one against 20. I mean, it, I get it. I get it. We're used to seeing movies. We think yeah. we could just, you know, he could just kick him in the chest and he'd topple all yeah. the other ones. My, that's kind of what I, what I just say, shoot yeah. the motherfucker. <laughs> See? See, I'm different. I'm different. Jeez. I'm different. You're not so different today. Yeah. You're not so different today. Most of the consternation that I've seen expressed early in the day was if this was a gaggle of black yeah, yeah. people protesting and rushing into the Capitol, how many more of them would be injured or dead? I, I think had people seen the body count, they perhaps would not have been so exercised this evening or at least a higher we body should. count because it's not as though there there hasn't been any i want to uh to interject that it is what time is it now nine something, nine something. on uh was it wednesday who it's knows when we do this um and so like literally as we we're speaking like as we started uh, recording josh holly was uh giving his latest uh uh oratory on the senate floor but they're also like in the process of clearing things out there's curfews in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. um, I would presume that there's going to be more violence and bloodshed even as we're talking. And so I want everyone to understand that all we know right now is that there's one woman who was killed, yes. shot to death in the neck, I think, or the mm-hmm. chest. Um, and the last reporting that I saw was from a, it was from a Capitol Hill police uh, uh, officer and that she was unarmed. And we don't know anything else beyond that. Yeah. Um, so it's bad enough already with everything else going on, but I presume there's going to be more violence. Hopefully there won't be. Go on. Uh, no, and by the way, too, I just want to make sure that a lot of people unsubscribe from the Patreon yeah. and uh, send me hate mail. And just I'll just say it now. I'll just get it yeah. out of the way. Uh, the way to not get shot is to not uh, overrun the Capitol Hill police and storm the fucking Capitol. Don't do it. It's a bad plan, and and also... Look, I feel bad. She should never have been shot. You, you can say that and hold the same thing in your head, and I'm consistent about this, across people getting shot, is that don't put yourself in that situation. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Honestly, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I grant that people can create dangerous situations for themselves, or at least more dangerous situations for themselves. It, it's fair to say that while there is a clip of this woman, uh, the moment she's shot and after she's been shot, I haven't seen much more than that. I've seen some reporting around it. Um, I've seen people I trust who comment on such things suggest that she didn't appear to be an imminent threat, but was apparently trying to enter into a room that she did not, she was not supposed to have access to um, and got shot. But whether or not she was an imminent threat, whether or not the, the officer was sort of right to use deadly force at that particular moment. That's something that ought to be thoughtfully and patiently mm-hmm. and seriously adjudicated. But I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. No, no on, doubt. No involved doubt. in this conversation. No, no doubt. And, and, and to be clear, I don't, I can't imagine, and, and I've made this mistake before, and I think we all have, of I, saying I can't imagine a circumstance in which that seems like the appropriate response. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that it probably was not the appropriate I mean, response. I've seen the pictures. There's a lot of incredible pictures from today. Um, but one of them was, I think, of three security personnel on the inside, I think the House chamber, all training their weapons at the door, which has mm-hmm. been um, uh, the window of the door has been the glass. It's the been smashed. Been smashed yeah. a bit. And so, and I don't know. I don't know if that was it. But there's a lot of people talking about an armed standoff. The, n- n- not, house. not true. I think that's not true. And and I can't say that with it because I wasn't there. I, I don't think it was an armed standoff in the sense that there were two people with weapons. I think what happened is that there are people and 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 I've talked to some 
people about this, and I'm not sure if they were actually there at the time, but it seems to me that there's an arm standoff in the sense that the the Capitol Hill police are rightly drawing their their firearms. Saying you can't come in You here. cannot come in here. Uh, that is an appropriate response, absolutely appropriate response. They are smashing the windows to get into on, onto the floor of the Senate. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, or the House? I don't remember wh- wh- where they were in the building. But that is a pretty jarring picture. But the, I think that the reporting of the armed standoff suggested that there were people on the other side with weapons. Right. If you draw a weapon in the 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 chamber there to a uh, Capitol Hill uh, police officer or a Secret Service, they're going to shoot You're you gonna dead. Die. You're going to yeah. die. And, and you should. You, you, this is not a fucking game. These people have been LARPing long enough and then they started to realize this, that like, oh, when they get together and they have their little meetups and they get little Facebook groups about how Q is telling us this stuff and they're just, you know, sad, pathetic, mentally ill losers. And then they show up to make their ultimate final push. And then it gets very real very quickly. And I don't think that there was, the, you know, what it, what it seemed to me, and again, all this might change tomorrow from what I saw today. This is the huge caveat. It didn't seem like anybody inside the building was armed. It didn't, I didn't see that. And this has been widely reported that there were. And that is actually a different, there's an important distinction. I I think there was an assumption. Yes. um, And And, a fear because. Yes, rightfully so. Yeah. uh, Those of us who've gone inside the Capitol complex in the various complexes. Many, many times, yeah. My God, it's a pain in the ass. Yes. Like to get through all the different metal detectors (laughs) and everything like that. Um, I will be curious to see um, how how the process was that everyone got in. I saw one video on TikTok, and I don't know the providence of it, um, but showing the local enforcement to say, oh, okay, Uh, like basically opening the gates. That is disconcerting. Like, yes, one one imagines that you you knew that there was going to be a demonstration there. What measures had you taken to secure this building and to ensure the safety of the people inside who are carrying out their procedures and the people outside who are going to be involved in this in this demonstration, it seems to me that that there is a certain amount of precautions that that ought to be taken in advance of this. Mm. And stop the steal! <laughs> stop the steal! Was mm. the name of the mm-hmm. rally that the president of the United States was whipping up? He spoke at. He spoke at the this morning. Stop yeah. the yeah. steal! Yes. rally at which he said that it was, um, you know, if Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, doesn't do his job, which in Trump's version was that um, he, if he doesn't somehow like stop this thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. then you know we're going to need to go over to Capitol Hill and show <laughs> which them. constitutionally he can do right. He can just go over and say, yeah, "I don't believe in this," and you know <laughs> this is wrong. Sorry, but we're going to have to show them some power, yeah, because um, that's the way these people understand things. Um, so, like, there's no way that local security is not going to understand that there's going to be some people mm-hmm. who are pumped up, who've been listening for the last two months of the most popular politician in the Republican Party, who's also the president of the United States and the head of the law enforcement apparatus, saying that the the election, which was a landslide in his favor, which he said after the riot happened in Capitol Hill today, um, uh, it it was stolen and that we need to march over there and do something. Um, With all that, you Mm -hmm. don't open gates. You don't open gates for that. So let's be... A little kind of cautious about this in the sense that, like, as you said, I mean, you were were cautious and said you didn't know the providence of that. But at the end of that video, you see that there are MAGA people on the other side of that gate. 
And the person who was taking that video was on the other side of that gate. And it was, it, to, it, it seemed at one point at the end that they were bringing these two kind of factions together. There were people already behind that gate. So I can't figure out where that was or how that was happening. But this it seemed on the side. And the side yeah, kind yeah. of like up in the back where the, yeah. where the Supreme Court is. But um, obviously in the front of the building, we saw incredible we saw violence. violence. Like, um, it, was a, it was a storm of, of, uh, of, protesters coming up and fighting cops punching them in the punching face. in the face and there and and literally you have a sea of people whose collective IQ is about 108 if you add it all Oof. together um, holding <laughs> literally holding blue lives matter flags and, pun, and, and and attacking the police line which is astonishing calling them traitors calling them traitors of course i mean there's no you can't debate people like this they're like there are conspiracy theorists and i've said this here before when talking about you know interviewing alex jones you don't get into the details of what he believes you don't say okay well why are the frogs gay <laughs> Let's have it because once you back them up against something, they make something else up, right? And so these are irrational people. They're irrational conspiracy theorists who have been whipped up by the president. And I have been kind of on the fence about this in some some ways. Like you know, we we have to hold these people responsible for their own beliefs, and we kind of been offloading a lot to the president. There's no doubt today that a man at the end of his tether, at the end of his kind of psychological terror, tether in a lot of ways, at the end of his presidency, is desperate and is acting in a way that is unconscionable in a lot of ways, uh, in almost every way, right? But then here's, I think, where you have to cut things off. And, and it, the political response to this has been actually pretty impressive on Capitol Hill, Republicans have been fairly impressive, but I have not seen, and I'm probably missing somebody, but I don't follow a lot of shitbags on on Twitter. I have not seen really anyone defending this. And I'm sure there are. I'm sure they exist. But in the mainstream universe of conservatives and even kind of MAGA types too, I haven't really – I've heard a lot of people denounce it. It's in the anti-anti camp. It's like Austin Austin Peterson on – I I don't know who that is. I'm friendly with – he was – has a uh, radio show he ran for president as libertarian in 2016. Um, uh, he uh, is someone who said, like, well, unlike Black Lives, Lives Matter protesters, these ones no. had, like, uh, some real reason for, you know, what they were doing. No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like they, our friend. They, did, they don't. Our friend Thad is like, what do you expect, you know, after you've, you've been telling these people forever that they're, that they're Nazis and that they've, you know, and you've, you've been – turning the other way as uh and not looking into election fraud um like what do you expect after, after all of this these Although, people are not on the hill what because do you they, what do you expect is not a defense of the people it's a rationalization in the bad behavior and I, I don't even know that it's a rationalization i mean we'd have to i haven't talked to thad about this i, I saw the tweet but i mean i know thad and it, it seems to me that there is a a sensible reading of what do you expect there's been a progression of political violence in the United States, not just over the last 12 months, but over a period of time, kind of tit for tat escalations across the political um, divide in this country, which has become increasingly steep. And for someone to not suspect that the transfer of power might get exceedingly dodgy. I mean, in November of this year, most major cities in the United States were preparing for utter chaos. They were boarding up their downtowns and they were doing it with good reason because they'd seen 
extraordinary, unprecedented levels of civil unrest and violence. And they weren't protecting themselves against Trump tards who believed that the election had been stolen from them. They were generally protecting themselves because they had a legitimate fear that whoever won and whoever lost, there was a very high probability of more political violence. So for me, what do you expect is it's going down. Things are quite bad at the moment. And none of that excuses anyone's bad behavior, but it does suggest that there's been a steady escalation. And it also, I think, nods to the fact that in many respects, and, and people, people love to say stupid things about like parallelism and both sidesism, but that in many respects, people have found reasons to rationalize away and to excuse bad acts uh, that are generally, or at least ignore bad acts that are in some way um, aligned with their side to, to find excuses for, well, what do you expect them to do? We, we, we spent an entire summer with people telling us that destroying property isn't violence, that it's, it's like an act of courage. It's absolutely necessary that we need to give people space essentially to like burn through this awfulness that, that so long as it's mostly peaceful, this is a, a profound success. Well, I'd imagine that most of the people who were at the Stop the Steal event like, didn't actually punch anyone in the face and probably didn't break a window. So doesn't that qualify as mostly peaceful? I, I would, Those are the yeah. euphemisms that we are trafficking in these days. So to say, what do you expect, may in fact be a totally sane indication of that. And I just think it's important to differentiate between that and saying, not these people were justified, this was appropriate for them to do, and they are, they are fucking patriots. That's ridiculous. And I can't imagine, I don't know what the hell Austin would say. Austin just says some off-the-wall stuff occasionally. Um, but I don't suspect Thad would um, agree with no, anything like that. No, I, I actually what, can't imagine he would disagree with anything quick, that quickly I before I me saying nobody said that, but people said anti-anti. Yeah, but, yes. but I would say this. I think that Camille's right in that distinction. In the sense that what do you expect that there is a cascading kind of culture of political violence that has been, you know, understood to be kind of, you know, appropriate in response to certain events. And we it's just kind of rolling through the summer and we kind of got used to it in a way. And there was the rationalizations that destroying property is, you know, the insurance will pay for it. It's not violence. They have a, a justified Cause, I mean, I would say, and people know who listen to this podcast, how many problems I have with those people who are protesting this summer and protesting violently. I would say this is actually far more of a justification on their side, obviously, because even though I question the wisdom of saying that there is a police war on black people, the George Floyd thing happened. It's a real thing, right? Nobody stole, nobody stole the election. That's not true. That's the fake. So that's just, there, there, there there's are- There's no roots. There's nothing. This, this is a total fraud and this is a total uh, fantasy. But the thing that I think that the distinction is, and again, I can't talk about somebody's you know, tweet or somebody who's not here and probably would put a different spin on it, but that, I won't talk about that, but just you know, in general, that sense that what do you expect? It's actually saying, what do you expect you've been mean to them? 
you've called them all these bad words. You've, you've mm-hmm. you know, sort of pushed them out of the mainstream. You've said they're deplorables. And so what do you expect when they take a rock and throw it through the window of this kind of sacred institution of democracy? Well, I expect a lot better of them. I expect them to be yeah. able to fucking take it. I expect sure. them to stop being fucking pussies and saying like, oh my God, they're so mean to us. Fox News is mean to us now. We have to find a different channel because we can't hear people being mean to us. Therefore, we are angry and we're going to throw you know, rocks at police officers. Get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. I mean, if that is your response to things, you're even dumber than I thought. And I've been thinking you're quite dumb to begin with. And today, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is the thing. And let me criticize on the, on the other side here. The, um, we've talked about this today and there was somebody who tweeted like, oh, you know, you people who are skeptical of the claims of a coup – where are you now? <laughs> well, I'm right here, motherfucker. I'm not going Same anywhere. The, the, here, here's the thing. I, here's a little, little, you know, kind of definitional thing. I am totally fine with calling these people insurrectionists. That's definition, definitely what they are. They're trying to overturn a, you know, a, a legitimate election and overturn the established democratic order by force. They're going in there by force, trying to stop, stop the steal, not through courts, not through, you know, the, the ballot box, because that's corrupt. They're trying to stop it. That is, they are insurrectionists. But I'll tell you what, this idea that we are in the midst of a coup is not, I mean, look, we can have a definitional fight about this. I don't believe this to be a coup. And the reason I don't believe this to be a coup is because there was a man at the rostrum today dressed as a Viking with no shirt on (laughs) and fucking tribal (laughs) tattoos. I am not worried about him taking over the government. And actually, I'm going to see an army general come out and say, we have switched to the side of the Viking. We are now on the side of all the fat fucks that are marauding very slowly through the halls of Congress, wheezing and breathing heavily, wishing they had their AR-15 to shoot up in the air. I I know they're like in the like queue and like these. This is a mass version of going to you know liberate Comet Pizza. It's not. It's dangerous. It's horrible. It should be condemned. And there should be no like what the, the President Trump said in response is despicable. It's actually the worst thing that I think he said. I mean, there's no. Defense in the way that the Charlottesville he denounces people and says, "Well, you know, there's other good people, and you can." There's people have debate about this. Uh, there's nothing in that tweet and that video where he says, like, he spends a minute, ten seconds, maybe, is is condemning people, and then the fifty seconds is sympathizing with them. I, you know, I get it. I get your anger, and I don't get your fucking we, anger. We love you. You're special people. It's amazing because it's like, look, this. You see, it's a coup. Typically, when you think of coups, I think of the 1953 coup in Iran, right? I think of of you the coup, uh, the Allende's coup, uh, the Pinochet's coup against Allende in Chile. You know, literally the Air Force, the Chilean Air Force was bombing the presidential palace because the, you know, the army switched. What is a coup when it's a fucking fat losers that showed up from out of state? No, that's losers trying to, like, reverse the election. Define, Define a coup quick. 10 seconds. Well, I don't, I mean, define a coup. I, I, it would have to be, 30. I would say that the government has to be involved now. Military, the, right? Well, the military is a necessity for the success of a coup because they, okay. you need to have them on their, your side usually, right? But a coup <laughs> here is like, well, Donald Trump went and said, this is bullshit. Well, it can, it can end at that. 
a coup is when he says this is bullshit and all of the Josh Hollies in the world all get together and they conspire in a hotel room and they try to overthrow the established order rather than making limp speeches when you know what's going to happen. They're going to certify this election. It's over. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz are going to make mm-hmm. asses of themselves. They're going to shame. They're going to be it's the most shameful shit in the world. And they're going to have to live with that for a long time. Good. The fact that these people showed up and they took it to this level, there's nobody behind them. They were how how long before they were cleared out of the Senate floor? Can I can pretty I quickly pose a question here? It's not good, it, but it's I've not got, a coup. I've got there's two two separate threads Sorry, that I, I'd off. love for us to pursue yeah. in in more detail. I mean, one is this question of sort of Trumpian culpability and what the president has said in response to this, and what other other people aligned with him have said, and and certainly Pence breaking with Trump today is is yeah. important and worth discussing. But I'm also interested in this this specific question about what we call these people insurrectionists is it a coup d'etat um are they are they seditionists because they're trying to undermine the government well the general question what do we call them is kind of interesting to me assholes but it's not nearly as interesting to me as like what exactly is going on and for me like the what is going on has less to do with like the events of today and and has less to do with the presidency of the United States and has much more to do with what has come, what has preceded this, what sort of broader societal shifts are taking place and what fo- forces are we going to be wrestling with going forward? Because that is important in a way that, you know, soon to be former president of the United States, disgraced game show host, um, loser, is is he may be consequential in the future. He is unlikely to be president of the United States <laughs> by the end of this month. And if you want to have serious Maybe conversations about week. what's going on, well, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. The, the the suggestion is that he should be removed from office um, because of the, the profound threat that he poses. The fact that his Twitter account, apparently, it seems, there were reports of this, um, was locked down Um like all these things I think are worth exploring. And again, for me, it does seem quite a bit more important to try to put this into some sort of context that makes it useful for us going forward and thinking through precisely what kind of changes are taking place in the country. So maybe pose a specific question. Maybe we talk specifically about Trumpian culpability. Moynihan, you suggested that in this particular case, you do put more of the onus on the president for for participating in the stop the steal event, et cetera. And I, I would, I would agree with much of that at a, at a minimum, even if you completely believe that the election had been stolen from you, one can't look around the country and see the state of affairs that exists and not imagine that a massive demonstration like this ends up very badly. It doesn't matter how frequently you say, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building peacefully and patriotically to make your voices heard. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter that you said that. Mm. You helped to precipitate a really terrible circumstance. But if the argument that's being made by many people is that these are the president's, you know, foot soldiers, that's why it's a coup d'etat. Like, they're responding to his orders to go and take the Capitol building. Like, does it matter that they disregard his instructions to say peaceful? Does it matter uh, that going, they disregard? We're going to walk down to the Capitol and we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. 
and we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength, and you have to be strong. Um, this is in a rally that's called the Stop the Steal rally, at which he's set up the moment and in, 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 in the whole buildup of this. It was like, what is Mike Pence going to do? Uh, and mm-hmm. he tweeted out, actually, while Mike Pence was being escorted to an undisclosed location, he tweeted out that Mike Pence was a failure and didn't do what he was supposed to do, um, even in that moment. Um, so it's the message, uh, I, I don't think, is encapsulated by saying, please go over and show your respects peacefully. Here's one way of thinking about it, right? On November 4th, Donald Trump says, shit, I lost. Bummer. Wish I would have won. Didn't work out. Lost by 7 million votes. 6, 7 million votes. Um, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, today doesn't happen. If You don't think so? No. No fucking chance. No. no. Come on. Yeah. Well, Do you think so? I have two. Like he's, he's, I don't he's know. winding up. He's been, he and his supporters have been winding up the fucking Wurlitzer machine here for the last two months. And for the most part, I think that's true. None yeah, of that's that. That's undoubtedly true. And, yeah. and it's all been a public relations machine because it certainly hasn't been a very effective legal machine. They're like one <laughs> in 59 in the court system. I think that, yeah, They're like in front that. of the goddamn fucking Four Seasons, like asshole, ass plug supply yes. store. <laughs> so none of this works in any sense except for the grift sense. All the Ted yeah. Cruz's in the world who are like, oh, hey, we got to like really fight in Georgia. Please give me the money that I will never spend in Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. And Trump, too, very much in that in that vein. And there's an entire ecosystem that's based on soaking the rubes. Rubes who I would point out, and I don't say this out of any sympathy for them because fuck them. But compared mm-hmm. to Trump and his stupid fucking idiot corrupt children who are out there like out there uh today on the on the on the rally um none of them were on camera breaching the security of congress today on 75 cameras all without wearing masks all those people are going to jail for a really long time probably um, yeah, they are. I don't want any of them to go to jail. I, I do. I, I honestly, I'm no, I, super psyched that they're I, going look, to jail. I, I know more. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Is, I'm going to even visit them and just taunt them. Pro incarceration. I don't want. I don't want people to go to jail. It makes me feel sad in my heart. However, it makes yeah. me feel um, even more contempt for Donald Trump than I previously had, which I thought would be difficult to surmount. Um, but that he whipped people up. He has an effect. On public opinion, I'm I'm someone who has argued here and more uh, at length elsewhere against the concept of incitement. But when the president of the United States is within like a few hundred yards of the Capitol building and at a stop the steal rally, it's called stop the steal, as if <laughs> you're really hammering on that, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, no, like we, we pass over it. Like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's normal. It's just like the president at no, the no, Stop the Steal rally. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, no, motherfucker. Not. Nothing was stolen. You're a lying fucking asshole. And you're the president of the United States. And every wanna, motherfucker I, who voted for you should think about that twice. And certainly anybody in the public space who's been thinking about this and like saying, well, you know, you have to understand the concerns of people who have been condescended to. Like, 
Yes, you do. That's good. That's important. <laughs> also, like, you have to understand that this is bullshit. Ted Cruz today went in front of the fucking Senate. Ted Cruz, who's maybe smarter than two of the three of us. I'm not sure which two. Certainly me, but, like, you guys are a coin toss. But He's someone who's argued things in front of the Supreme Court, who's a smart dude, went and said, well, you know, 39% of Americans... Uh, think that you know that 9-11 was an inside job <laughs> don't have confidence in this election so therefore yeah. we need to like you know have a commission and all you know that's that's nearly half do you realize that when ted cruz said that today i had a moment where i said i just think that this means that ted cruz is admitting that his wife is busted <laughs> that's, he's, he's doing it and he's saying donald trump said the most horrible things about my wife i'm just going to defend the guy to the end but i'll say i'll say the, the funny Salt thing the earth of these fuckers i'm not kidding I, no I, I agree anyone who fucking says that who I knows guess. fucking better fuck you forever in american yeah. public life everyone every fucking one everyone yeah They're which one them. which one do you not salt the earth with josh holly does he get a fucking pass? No. No, no. no. He, he went no, there. He's the all first this one. shit was certified. All of it. Yeah. All of it. And people fucking said, oh, the, you know what? It's it's really sad. What are you telling all these people? What, what, what can you tell all these people who don't have faith in our elections? I can tell them. Here's what I'll tell them. That you fucking lied to them for the last fucking two months, two years, four years. Fuck you. Yeah. That's what I'll tell them. I will tell those yeah. people. Fuck but you. I, the, the, the thing, I by the way, just to, I don't disagree that the I don't disagree that these folks have been have been whipped into a frenzy that Trump and the rest of the folks who are hoping to inherit his kingdom. They've helped to create these bad outcomes. I, I'm just wondering about the likelihood that we may have seen a bad outcome anyways. And the things that make me wonder about that um, are. There were people who called for peace and for for people to not engage in acts of violence uh, during the summer and into the fall as things were at their hottest. There are places that are still f- struggling with political violence um, in, on the west coast of the country, places like Portland. We, if I, I believe we may even still have some, some quote-unquote functioning, or at least existing autonomous zones um, that are sort of precariously existing with like protesters that are occupying that property. And people don't really seem to take instruction from the leadership. I mean, I've, I've heard the Trump Trumpites referred to as like a personality cult. And I think that there is a degree of truth to that. It's also true that the president's remarks later on included a bunch of ridiculous conspiratorial nonsense, but also included him saying, it's time to go home, wrap this up, and nobody moved. Mm. Well, they, I, they're okay, not okay, responding okay, maybe, maybe to him, and I, I do the think half I do that think that there is a, everything they, they believe is is right is true. I'm and just special. I'm just saying that there's there's a. I, I, I think that's fair guess. on 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 a lot of levels, but I'm also saying that there is a there is a horse that has left the barn, and there is a degree to which the the people are not responding to any particular leader they are primed and prepared to find various reasons to be animated and to be outraged. Mm-hmm. And to respond to the earlier point you made, Moynihan, I, I agree that the election fraud as an issue is totally contrived. Um, I would suggest that nearly all of the concern related to the other protests at the most fundamental level is contrived as well. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I, I, there's a sense in which there's a sense in which in which one could say, well, people do sometimes get killed by the police and there is a need for greater transparency. Um, 
one can't pretend that it justifies the sort of extraordinary ridiculousness that we've seen over the course of the year. Oh, I agree. And I agree. again, it's not a matter of finding equivalence between the two things. For me, I, I just, I spot a trend and it's hard to ignore it. And it's hard for me to think that had Donald Trump, had Donald Trump won, and if everyone had called for calm, I don't think we would have gotten calm. I don't, I'm not sure I, when I, things I would have exploded, but I don't, but I don't think that you would have spent a lot of time like contextualizing here. the ramp the ramp up in that case. But, you would have condemned it. No, on but I, face. but I've but I've been contextualizing the ramp up the whole way through. Okay, like <laughs> the whole way through that there's political violence and extremism on both sides that needs to be looked at carefully, and the sides almost don't matter. They bleed into each other. The issues bleed into each other. On one day, people are suggesting that masks don't matter and lockdowns are bad. And on the next day, they may be suggesting that the lockdown is good and that masks are the most important thing you could possibly wear. Like, it's it's very difficult to pinpoint precisely, like, what the, the core defect is. And I don't say any of that to take away from the utter awfulness of... Donald Trump, the man, or the stupidity of the various awful positions that he's taken and the ridiculous conspiracy theories he spun. I, I, I mean, only to suggest that if they believe these conspiracy theories, what other conspiracy theories so, will they so, believe? Yeah, so and it's I, worth noting that conspiracy theories abound on the left as well. I, I, so a couple of things on this is I think that you're, I mean, these are all the stuff of novels and historical novels because they either didn't happen like Donald Trump winning or the horse was out of the barn, you know, regardless, I think there's some truth to that. And I think there's some truth in the sense that Donald Trump is responsible for it though in this sense is that this has been the long five-year institutionalization of madness in the conservative firmament, in that universe. So in the 1990s, there were the early days of email. The first mass emails were Clinton death lists, right? There was, <laughs> you know, uh, Jerry Falwell. I was it not Jerry Falwell. Was it, the, was it Jerry Falwell who made the Clinton Chronicles, this VHS tape that you could buy that was about how many people that Hillary Clinton had murdered? 47, there, 49. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, yeah, Ron Brown, you know, just shot the plane out of this guy. And, you know, that paranoid style, to borrow a phrase, uh, exists, but it's very rare that you, or, or actually it's unique in the sense of Donald Trump, that you have somebody in not only a position of power, but the president of the United States saying, not only am I going to indulge these things, I'm going to turn the, the world and the ideas in a kind of Orwellian way, and I always use that word very carefully, upside down, where words don't mean anything. It's like Orwell's politics in the English language is that it's incredible to see these people shouting fake news when they are parroting a line that is, that is wholly invented. And not only, like, it's not like, oh, we're, you know, we don't really see it the exact same way. I get the spin. They're just literally making things up. They're, you know, there are Republicans that are finally acknowledging that. There are some that have been acknowledging that. There's the court record that, that you pointed out. And if you wanted to be somebody who thought, the election was stolen from you on an, on an instinct, not on, on any actual data. You could be Richard Nixon in 1960. Richard Nixon knew, believed, and a lot of people suggest that this is true, uh, particularly in Pennsylvania and in the Chicago area, uh, that the 1960 election was stolen for John F. Kennedy. 
Richard Nixon did not do anything like this, despite the fact that Richard Nixon is one of history's great ratbags. And, yeah. you know, I have never heard people talk like this when the tape comes out of, of Donald Trump uh, talking to uh, the Secretary of State in Georgia, Raffensburgerville or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, you can go. It, it, I've never heard anything as bad. I think we talked in the Patreon episode Ooh, that's some bad stuff. But I also have heard, you know, Nixon discussing the potential of blowing up the Brookings Institution <laughs> on tapes with H.R. Haldeman. I mean, you know, it they was, got it coming. They got it. Well, you know, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. It's, it's, you know. Enough of the sentence. Because they always say, well, they always say it's like institution, not institute. They're always correcting you when you say yeah, that. Yeah. They, enough. They should, should blow them up for that. Sorry, John Rauch. Yeah. We shouldn't. We, we shouldn't. We we probably shouldn't make jokes jokes about that on the day when like pipe bombs well, were maybe discovered in various parts but, of the city. But think about Although this: Camille. where yes is importantly Two. not quite known. So what we know about this, and this is actually an important thing to to kind of focus in on, is that two pipe bombs were found at the RNC, right? And I think they were both you know destroyed in controlled demolitions. I don't think there's a single person in America who believes that they were sent by leftists or liberals that were saying the fucking RNC, they, everyone kind of believes that it was sent by Republicans, right? I mean, that's the operating thing here is that these are people. I, I've got a lot of like reply guys saying it's like Antifa, like deep covers. Who knows? It could be where, anything. Where have, we heard, where have we heard that before? It, right. it, well, I mean, remember the, the, the theories uh, about anthrax and everything. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll do that and pretend that I'm Al-Qaeda for a minute and be like a government scientist or I whatever. I was thinking about bringing the noise. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the, uh, the Scott, not Ian uh, remember him? His guitar player with the yeah. big Billy Bear, and they changed the name after nine eleven. And they changed it back like three months later. Um, what, were, what did they change it to, by the way? Freedom fries or something? Antebellum South. <laughs> but look, I mean, I will say that the difference between the Antifa shit or whatever you want to call it, and and, and Joe Biden deserves to get dinged, and it takes nothing away from all the criticism that should be thrown at these people today. He deserves to get dinged for saying, it's just an idea. You know, it's, it's just an idea. It's like, well, the people in Portland uh, don't believe that. And they're living under a constant state of siege and their, their, their city has been given over and was given over. I don't know what the state of it is right now. We need Nancy for that uh, to a band of violent lunatics. And this is a band of violent lunatics today. This is maybe their, their opening salvo. But what I suspect is, and this is just a guess, that these people will go home. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I say that this is the beginning of a 10-year thing, it's not a 10-year thing of the people who are involved today. Yeah, they're not going back to the Capitol They're going to have a, a bad 10 years yes. about their yes. lives and about their legal problems. It'll be interesting to see what Joe Biden does uh, because I think, in, Camille, in, before the shit hit the fan tonight, uh, you were talking about, like, hey, let's, let's talk about potential uh, legal prosecutions of Trump when he's out of office and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden's rhetoric um, over the last six weeks has been, and arguably before the election even, has been like, hey, let's unite the country. Um, you know, I'm going to appeal to Republicans and et cetera. Censure and move on. Moveon.org, right? Uh, kind of, <laughs> kind yeah. Of. Um, Tonight he was, or today, this afternoon when he talked, he was a little bit different sounding. Um, but, um, you know, he seems like the guy who, to the extent to which he would involve himself in the prosecution process, which hopefully is none, 
but since you know he's been uh, a guy adding to uh, federal prosecutorial tools, and Kamala Harris is a cop, and they just uh, appointed or are about to appoint Merrick Garland as the attorney general, and he's been super pro police people for a while. They have that pedigree. However, his sort of political uh, approach to this has been one of kind of healing. So I've thought that, okay, he won't pursue, he won't be going lock him up at his rallies uh, about Trump. Mm. Um, And so one can imagine theoretically him saying, well, okay, let's pardon these people or let's look the other way. But I don't think so. I think think today was a traumatic day. It's a traumatic day for me, if I'm being honest. And I was sort of yelling earlier and I want to apologize, but we put this baffling up here. So hopefully it just sort of like... Um, uh, yeah. like like uh, subsumed it, but it was it was it was rough to look at, and and you know you guys know because you were were all uh, texting each other, like, um, you know, the things that one can get mad at at a day like today are legion. Yeah. you know it's impossible to mm-hmm. watch cable news today. I kept flipping right. Jake Tapper, who I love, was a nice guy. I love Jake, but. And Man, today it was, was just like <laughs> it's an insurrection, it's sedition, it's this treason. We heard a lot treason. I mean, um, it's a death penalty crime, by the way. The the concept, and I really recommend people look at this. And I wish I had the book in front of me because I was assigned at some point to review it, and I never did. And I'm sorry, weirdo book editor who gave it to me three years ago. But there's a book about the history of seditious libel in America, mm-hmm. and actually the history is great because before. We threw off the yoke of the evil tea bags. We understood and we fought in court, especially in mm-hmm. Massholia. <laughs> yes, um, uh, people who were like fighting the local governments and saying "fuck you." We should be able to say that you're full of absolute garbage and not be thrown in jail for it. Um, and like saying worse things than that, like yeah. like actually libeling people. We had some good rebellions. We had some good rebellions. Shay's rebellion was a good rebellion. Uh, and <laughs> so it's a message. It was a Western mass rebellion. My God, every I, I would like, be like Jake Tapper's like, oh, this is sedition. Beep, go to MSNBC. Yes. Sedition. Beep, go to like Fox. And okay, Fox was different. And they and their reporters were like a thousand yards. Uh, they taped to- up the logo, and as both of you know, having done Fox News hits in Washington D.C., it's very close to the Capitol. It says Fox News out in front. Oh, with the they, shots! Place? They, they, yeah, they put they put black tape over it because like- they're afraid of these people too. Because they're OAN. I mean, did you guys watch? Balls. Did you watch Fox at all today? I watched I didn't, just no. for a little bit, and it was and it was fine. Bill mm-hmm. Hammer was uh, anchoring, but like um, they would have the uh, uh, the field correspondent out there, and again. Not close, yeah, at all to yeah. the building. They're they're actually closer to like the museum and, and close to the uh, to the uh, Fox uh, headquarters. And any time the protesters saw them, like fake news, fake, yeah. News, yeah. and they would like be running yeah. and like, well, we're you know people are expressing their op- opinions. I got to go this way. Uh, it's it's amazing. Ev, it was so annoying today, and I might have texted you guys, but I texted somebody about it um, about all of these people in media making it about them. And about like I just what I saw today. It's like guys, you were not. This is not the in, invasion of Sicily. Relax. I mean, it sucked and it was terrible. Relax and we can, is strong. Relax. No, is strong. no, no. I'm no, not I gonna just, relax today. No, no, no. I, look, but like, look, don't, look, don't, look, no, no, no. Don't no, build no, a monument no. to yourself. The, the, I, I don't. I don't mean relax in the sense that this is normal behavior. I mean, yeah. as a mm-hmm. journalist, like we really have to thank these people. It's like no, they're doing their jobs. I don't want to thank a fireman every time he goes in when there's a fire. Just relax. It's a fucking. It's your job. And you're. Oh, I think there was an. 
uh, hyperventilation today that, you know, for all of my anger about this stuff, and particularly happened in the afternoon when I started watching these videos and watching just the kind of desecration of these places that I've been to a bazillion times and people like, you know, Mm. smashing windows and climbing in like, what is going on here? And it's like absolutely bananas when I see this stuff. And then Donald Trump giving his shitty video in which he says, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And then talks about how they're right about all their issues for the next, you know, 45 seconds. So, you know, it's, it's incredibly unnerving. It's, it fills you full of anger. It pisses you off. And, but w- the lesson we never learned and can never learn as, you know, Twitter is, is actually, you know, really facilitates the worst instincts in people is to take a breath at some point. And I know mm-hmm. if I said that today to anyone, I would have been mauled. I don't fucking tweet much anymore, but it would have been like, hey, 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 hey. Because as you said, I armed insurrection, uh, you know, coup, this, that. If you didn't see the images, you would really think that it was, it would look something like, you know, Chile in 1973 or something. Because what uh-huh. I'm wondering, and again, this, you're not allowed to wonder anything now because people think it's a, it's a ploy to like protect yourself. But I truly am wondering because I do not know the answer. I was not there. I wish I were. I wish I was there to see this stuff because get a, get a sense of it. Because what I'm wondering is there were a lot of people there. And I texted you when I didn't know anything about what was going on. I saw a picture of it. And I was like, there's like fucking 25 people there. And then I see the, outdoor, uh, the, uh, the crowd outside. There's a bunch of people out there for that. And then there seems to be a smaller, much smaller group that get into the Capitol building and actually, you know, overrun it. And an even smaller group that's, you know, sitting there, uh, you know, on the House floor, or actually it was on the Senate floor initially. And I saw these images, right? And this, you know, seemed like there was a, it, it, one is too many, right? But it, it seemed like it was a, an ever smaller group of psychos they as it got the, in. They had the balconies pretty well. Okay, so they, yeah, so I didn't see all of this. And, and again, this is people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am truly wondering in this because I had a busy day and I couldn't pay attention to the coup all day. Um, the reason being is because I knew that that uh, that we would put down this That's shopping this coup. to do. Yeah, shop- well, you, you know, I mean, if if I lived in Venezuela, I'd be like, "Fuck, let's get. We got to get home. I don't know what's going to happen." Now I look at my phone and I'm I'm like, literally, everybody looks like you know roadies for the Charlie Daniels band, and I'm like, "You're running Stop through." They're <laughs> if you can only see Matt right now, if it's only video podcast, and I see these guys, and I'm like, "Okay, this is really bad." And the president sucks and he's got 12 days left or whatever. The one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because this is the thing that I've been thinking about and I don't know the answer to it. And I'm coming down on a couple of different different areas here. It, you know, I heard Jake Tapper and a number of people invoking the 25th Amendment uh, of mm-hmm. removing the president, right? All I, over the place. All over the place. I heard people saying we got to impeach again immediately because this will prevent him from running from office in the future etc and do this all now so my initial instinct here is let's not make the situation worse Uh um and he's going to be gone in 12 days is that do we like i know people want to make their point um and make it in an a legally binding way in a, in a sort of publicly shaming way to show that American democracy will not put up with this kind of behavior. But I think that we've shown that uh, by electing Joe Biden, number one. And number two, we have not mentioned the fact that the Republican Party is not only, you know, 
full in it, right now of these B team, C team beneath, you know, the, the Dr. Uh, Seb Gorka types, psychos. They're just, this is what the people who can control this party for a while, but they ruined it. They destroyed it. They had one chance. They lost Georgia, two Senate races. They lost Arizona too. Arizona. They, I mean, they, they lost the presidency. This everything. Has, they lost everything. Do you remember at the beginning of this podcast, which was before Donald Trump was elected, and then after he was elected, us having these conversations about the Republicans controlling all the levers of government, right? Yes. They controlled everything. Yes. Look at them it's now. An extra- extraordinary yeah. turnaround. And you know what? This is what Republicans deserve because Mike Pence, what did Mike Pence get for four years of slobbering slavish loyalty? He was thrown under the bus today. There's no loyalty. Stabbed in the, stabbed in the face. Stabbed in the face. The I mean, I mean for, for, for doing his job. In the most basic way. It's like not even like he was like, I went out and gave an interview where I was like, "Mm, I shouldn't have said that thing. He did the most basic thing. So where do we, not even like where does the Republican Party go in the future, is that what in the next, you know, from now to the inauguration, how do we, or is it the right thing to do, I should say, to stand back and just let it all play out and let this piece of shit go away? Or do we use those 12 days to prosecute him to chase him out of office and is that a is that a good decision i can't imagine how how trying to impeach him or remove him from office early would actually help calm things the fuck down definitely not. i can't imagine it yeah and and i can't and i and, <laughs> and it's hard for happen. me to yeah. ignore it's hard for me to ignore the degree to which folks have engaged in sensationalism for years now quite frankly at every opportunity it is absolutely true, and we talked about this on the last dispatch, that Hawley and company who were planning to vote against the certification of the election results are political opportunists who were, who were helping to promulgate stupid conspiracy theories, even while trying to do it with this veneer of respectability, directing everyone's attention to the various things Democrats have done wrong in the past. It's, it's irrelevant to whether or not this is sort of a just way to proceed. That is was not in and of itself endangering democracy. It was not in and of itself this treasonous, horrible act. It wasn't. It, the, the statements that were being made by Holly when he was preparing to do those things were, in many respects, pretty vile and duplicitous and dishonest. But I don't know that further escalations are actually beneficial. I just can't see how that how that helps at all. It seems like the worst possible advice. Is this a case, by the way, Matt, I'm going to ask you this. Um, is this a case now that Republicans who have lined up, I wouldn't say Foursquare, oftentimes reluctantly, you can see the kind of reluctance in them, but they're going to do it, uh, behind Donald Trump, a man that many of whom worked in his cabinet didn't vote for him and, and found him repulsive and reprehensible you know, during during the primaries in 2016 and, and kind of supported him in a lukewarm way in, in the last election. Do you see the people now, and, and again, it's worthy of criticism, running away from him in the way that Mike Pence was like, at the last moment, I am going to say, this guy is kind of a dick. Mike Pence will never say that. He will never say that, yeah. He said what he had to say at that moment to 
maintain any kind of like respectable veneer. That's it. But t- did you hear him tonight on <laughs> uh, on the? Uh, I think it was Pence started. Uh, then it was over to Mitch McConnell and then to Chuck Schumer. And, and he he uh, did not sound like Donald Trump. Correct. No, like he didn't, uh, like at the beginning of today, he, that was the point. He uh, was vociferously not like Donald Trump. This he, is about the violence in particular, by the way. I didn't see the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was talking about that. Yeah. Uh, but like at today's... Uh, the, the precipitating thing for today, like from an in intellectual political power point of view, was Mike Pence not doing what Donald Trump wanted him to do. And in fact, saying emphatically, as did Mitch McConnell, and yeah. those are the two most consequential speeches today by far, I think, um, was saying like, hey, look, I don't have this power and I shouldn't have this power. I don't have the power to somehow you know, as a vice president, decide how the states vote. And Mike Lee said something very similar tonight. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and Pat Toomey was great about that too. And it's an obvious point. Like, the elections are done on a state level. This is not mm-hmm. a federal yeah. system, regardless of, of anything else you might think. Imagine Republicans having to yeah. constantly explain that to people. Well, no, that's <laughs> but that's the world that we live in. And, I know. And I want to not be as much of a dick as you two know that I want to be yeah. to all of those uh, conservatives and like new and new uh, conservatives who like, you know, about 18 months ago were like absolutely like firing off all these manifestos about what the new Trumpism means and like the new conservatism, the new nationalism, the new this, the new that. Like, dudes, First of yeah. all, yeah. you're going to be a hopeless minority forever. Yes, forever. Yeah. Right? Like Donald Trump hmm. never got anything close to majority of uh, of the vote at all. At all. Um, but like more importantly, like the majority of people don't think the way that you think for crying out loud. No, no. And, and, and I, I want to give credit to somebody who I don't know, actually I've never met, but um, – this morning when I was kind of taking in all the Georgia stuff, I had a, a bit of a drive to do. So I loaded up a bunch of conservative podcasts, in particular trying to find conservative podcasts to see how conservatives of different types of, you know, sort of more Trumpian people, more neocon types, more more kind of national revolution, national review podcast. And I listened to the commentary podcast. Um, mm, uh, which great podcast. It's a, it's a fun, like, like you know, I always, I you should never forget, like, guys like Noah, who's been on the show, Abe Greenwald's uh, a, a brilliant guy and a lovely guy, too. And I don't know Christine Rosen. And Christine Rosen is a woman on this podcast who, who covers media and politics and the rest of it. And she had a comment, and I rarely listen to podcasts where I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great point. And she made a comment about um, the kind of Trumpian reaction to the utter destruction of the current Republican Party and the fact that they're just very, very, they're so good at losing, they're getting tired of losing kind of thing. And she, she said <laughs> uh, uh, that they're starting to sound like Marxists. In the end of oh, the Cold yeah. War, in saying, yeah. in saying, oh yeah, in saying that the the problem with um, uh, Trumpism and in you know 
nationalism populism today is, is it hasn't properly been tried. And every, every time we properly tried to do it, there was something that was in the way. And I thought it was a very, very smart point because yes. I have heard that so much. of like, no, no, no. Yeah, but, you know, real communism has never been tried. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not Trumpism. This is not a rejection of that. There are all of these things that get, are getting in our way. And I think that they'll probably include these yahoos uh, storming the Capitol because I did not see people, and I have to say this, and maybe they're, you know, sticking up their, their finger and trying to see which way the wind is blowing and say, maybe I shouldn't get behind these people or do the yeah, but stuff. And they seem to not be defending this either. And I think that there'll probably be another end of that where people say, well, you know what? This is not, you know, Donald Trump is the, is the worst messenger for Trumpism, which is a funny thing to say, right? You know, is it Abner Doubleday created baseball, but he wasn't particularly good at baseball, right? He's not the best baseball player. Yeah, this is not, this is not going to be something that uh, today, like, I forget who was saying this earlier, but like today is not Pearl Harbor for sure. And it's not a bunch of other uh, days, but it's a day that like, it's weird. It looked weird. The visuals were weird. A woman died. A woman died. In the Capitol. In the Capitol building, somebody died. That's so fucked up. That's just so wrong. It's just like... At some point, the LARPing has got to stop. This this should be the end of the LARPing. But I, I'll say one thing before but it, I go but to... It, but it certainly won't be. It won't right? be. Of, of course, course it not. won't be. No, I mean, the guy's wearing a QAnon shirt when he's busting through the door. And it's like, the the thing that I found um, really amazing... Somebody does an amazing thing. And sometimes you, you see some things on Twitter that are worth looking at. And it was like a, a picture of the steps of the Capitol on... Um, the day of Donald Trump's inauguration and the picture today. And there was like clouds of tear gas and like people sprawled out everywhere and things being thrown. And then just this, you know, people in suits getting ready to do their, and then, you know, declaring that American carnage is coming and they delivered it. No, but they didn't make that point. They were just juxtaposing these two uh, pictures, but this is some, some American carnage right here. And it was delivered by, the president. Do I believe that these people are a huge, significant force? We've talked about this on the show before. Of I think there is an overstatement of the Q stuff, but it it doesn't really matter, right? Because if there are 150 terrorists out of 330 million people, and the 150 keep suicide bombing, you know, preschools. It doesn't matter that they're not, wouldn't get 0.001% of the vote. They're disruptive. They're destructive. And Republicans should really care about this because if they didn't think that their party was not only a mess, but not only in retreat, but just utterly broken after um, losing control of everything yesterday, this morning, basically, um, this is just the cherry on top, isn't it? There's nothing left of this party. But the Republican leadership is certainly not in a position to actually tamp down QAnon extremists extremism they can talk in, about in it more the same more more vocally I, I think i mean i think they could but honestly it still seems to me that like one i mean i think your broader point is well taken that a small number of people who believe insane things can in fact do great damage real harm yeah. um but i also think that one can go too far in trying to confront some small minority of psychopaths I mean, we talked, I think it was last week about, or maybe the week before, about the, the 5G bomber 
yeah, he managed to right. only kill himself. Yes. Like who should be speaking to that issue on a national level, making it sort of front page news? I mean, we've already had one violent incident. How many more are coming? I don't know. 5G, 5G conspiracies are being promulgated online and they're being advanced and most people are kind of ignoring the insidious sort of creep of these 5G conspiracies. Um, I don't know how you, how you, I don't know how you tackle that in the best possible way, but I do know that I get a little concerned if I imagine a world where we're trying to sort of speak to that most extreme fringe as if it is having a more profound impact on our politics or is likely to than that we can imagine. I mean, the fact of the matter is that it's not the case that 50% of Republicans, registered Republicans, are QAnon fanatics. But it's probably the case that a near plurality of like registered Republicans are very suspicious about the validity of the most recent election. And th- th- that's, I think, the thing that I keep trying to come back to. Like the, the, the defect is, is there. It's, it's well into the pudding. The, the um, thing I, I'm gonna I'm add, I want to ask Matt about something like, here. And it's because yeah, I, I think you're, th- this is right. And there's a, a little pivot here because Matt said something today on, on text. And I wanted to, to see what you actually meant by it because I, I worry about it too. Is that, is that beyond the, the effect that this has on the stupid and shitty Republican Party, what, does it, what effect does it have on Americans in, in general in the sense that the hyperventilating about this stuff, and, I, and again, stop seeing this as black and white, don't take the shit out of context, you can think this is all very serious without thinking that it's just the same as 3,000 people dying on a Japanese uh, sneak attack on Hawaii. I don't believe that that's the same thing. Sorry. And, and maybe I think that, you know, the, the political rhetoric, by the way, that you accuse Donald Trump of, you're right to accuse it, don't do the same thing as yourself. Everyone's doing that today. They're being Trumpian and they're saying, oh my God, it's the end of democracy, etc. When you have people talking like that, Matt, you said in a text today that this will have profound kind of legislative consequences and people will move on this. And you mentioned Section 230 and I think some other things. What do we expect to see in the worst possible way of like a bunch of shitbags dressed as Vikings really did some damage today? What can we do to, to prevent this happening in the future? I mean, the best case scenario is that um, the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. becomes even more in, uh, penetrable than it normally is. And it's, it's awful. It's so bad that last time I went in there, which I think was 2015 um, or 16 to interview either uh, Amash or Rand Paul, I was like, I'm never going in here again. Yeah, like I, it, it was like it was so much worse than normal airport security. Cause oh, I, God, I, I had a bad experience fly. this year there. Chip Roy, when I was going to interview Chip Roy. Right? It was like, terrible. Uh, who's, they, they wouldn't let our cameraman in because he had like a, a small uh, knife. They're such dicks. <laughs> like, it's, it's the worst. Like, oh, no. You, know, you wore that sock? Mm-hmm. I, can you, you can't wear that sock. It's, it's so fucking horrifying. And so that, I think one of the reasons why not like a prominent one that a lot of journalists were like, what the fuck? Is because a lot of journalists have been in that building. It's not easy to get in that building. It's actually hard. And they treat you like a dick the whole time through. Um, so to your question of like what it means for us, I think that we, like many things, we have a hard time 
understanding in this moment of profound stress, and today was a stressful fucking moment, we have a hard time understanding how this might affect things 10 years hence. Mm. Here's an example of that concept, right? 9-11 happens. Fucking stressful. Yes. It's only 10 years later, really, that we start getting a bunch of anti-Sharia law things happening in Oklahoma (laughs) and Arkansas and stuff. The hotbed of Sharia law. Right. The Saudi of America. It's nonsense, but like that shit takes a while to kind of work through the system. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, there just are clampdowns everywhere. And I think that what we're going to see now is that by definition, Section 230, which is the aspect of the 1996 telecommunications law that allows for people to do stuff in comments boards and, and elsewhere. Um, this is <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> you, you, you can clarify on, on next pass. Um, this is not an expensive bottle of tequila. By thank the way. you. It, no. it, it works pretty no. quickly. Uh, this is, uh, Souza, uh, uh, fresh. So Blue let's Agave. not talk about technical shit, but like broadly <laughs> speaking and narrowly speaking, the, the arenas of activity that are associated with what happened today are going to be made illegal, right? They're going to be made illegal. Give, Donald give, Trump, give, give an example. So I mean, this is not illegal, but mm-hmm. Donald Trump today, the president of the fucking United States, who, let's be clear, I hate. I don't think I like think is much. one of the worst fucking people who has ever breathed air. And you really hate Chester Arthur. <laughs> Fuck Chester Rutherford. You're, I mean, Rutherford B. Hayes? Oh okay, God, well, maybe. It was, it was awful. Did you say Rutherford? Yeah, we, I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's, don't, that's, that's don't the fourth, it. Camille, that's the fourth tequila. Like, it's fucking Rutherford. Oh he was God. always Rutherford. Rutherford. Seriously, Rutherford always with me. Rutherford. I'm coming to join you. Coming up, coming up to gamble with Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, people. Like today was traumatic, and and the result of the trauma is that there's going to be broad categories of people whose expressions and sometimes whose existence, activities, political, and I hate all these motherfuckers, most of the motherfuckers, Mm -hmm. are going to be made illegal, and that's going to be wrong. That's going to be wrong. We are going in the direction of France. I love yes, France. No, no, no. Of course, this is this is absolutely and true. France and France is, is wrong. Tell us. This right. is what this is true, and this is what we we have to to be vigilant against because we do learn the lesson of nine eleven that you can you don't have to prove your bona fides against terrorism and against uh, jihad, jihadism and Islamic extremism by creating a whole raft of stupid and oppressive laws that do nothing but make uh, your country worse, right? And don't protect you against terrorism anyway. And the, the, the kind of reference to Europe is the thing that I fear is going to happen because it is a simple calculation for most people. And I hear this all the time. And there are people that are not sort of interested in politics or anything, but People say things, I'm going to do this in the most sort of elementary way I can possibly, people say things, it provokes other people to do bad things. We want to prevent the bad things, so let's prevent the people from saying the things. Now, we have that today, right? Donald Trump, you know, suborned a riot. The, the, The thing here is obviously, 
he, over a period of time, this is the thing that you cannot make illegal under any circumstances, the French couldn't either, is convinced a, a number of people that he won the election by, what did he say, like a glorious landslide or something today? Something, yeah. it, was, it was like a Fleetwood Mac lyric. It was like something about a glorious <laughs> landslide. And he, you, can't, you can't prevent politicians from lying about winning elections, right? And so that's what amps people up. And then, you know, you have the moment where you arrest Stokely Carmichael or whatever for saying, you know, causing a riot, which this is a thing that we've used against people in the past for political reasons. But now we're in this, in this thing of like, okay, we're not going to make it illegal as such, but we're going to suspend Donald Trump's Twitter account. We are going to pull the video down that he made telling people that they're awesome, but maybe they should just go home. He was like, said, go home. He didn't condemn what they did. He said, go home. He didn't say like what you did is shitty. He said, just go home. You're done. It's good. Forget about it. You're tired. Go have a nap. Get a cheesesteak. Get a cheesesteak. Oh, for Christ's sake. He's always saying that. He's always telling people to get cheesesteaks. He loves steakums. Remember steakums? Oh, God. The little fins and a little piece of paper between the steak. So he's doing that. You can't make that shit. Uh, You can't make the stuff illegal where he says, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I've been robbed and all this stuff. But there is an instinct these days that we've discussed at length. And it's never about really the dumb example that we're talking about that day. And you go back in the archives of this podcast, go back in the Patreon episodes. There's a lot of dumb examples. We talk about it a lot. But the thing that concerns me most is where all of this takes us is that talking about um, hate speech, I think, is a bad thing to do. Even talking about it, a dangerous thing to do, because it convinces people that this is actually a legal category. It is not. It's a legal category in the EU. It's a legal category in the United Kingdom, etc. But people say, well, they're engaging in hate speech. You should do something about that. It's, I, the definition is, is troublesome. How, who defines what is hateful, etc. I think that our system is pretty good right now, and it's been pretty robust. And I do think also that Donald Trump is a kind of you know, once in a lifetime, once in a generation kind of political figure. Well, yes, I hear the response that, yeah, but look at all these people copying him. They'll stop fucking copying him the second they lose every election, including two in Georgia, right? There's a point at which there's no dividends being paid. They might stop copying him. Donald Trump is not going to stop being Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump. That's who he is. Now, there have been people that have snuck into to, to Washington, D.C. in our political system via Donald Trump's uh, idiocy. And, and, and I'm like him, and I'm going to be even more like him. There has to be a point at which the, the Republican Party, and I think this is happening right now, and I think this is happening within... You know, this is probably why there's pipe bombs being sent to, to the RNC, that um, this was an experiment gone horribly wrong. And those people, like Mitch McConnell, we talked about this before we started, Matt. Mitch McConnell, you said, gave a good speech today. And the response was like, yeah, well, where the fuck have you been? There is some truth to that. And then there is another thing where I give people a pass because there was everybody, a lot of people who were horrible and hated, horrible to Trump and hated him and said, all right, let's try to control him. Let's try to use him for our ends. And then the Frankenstein's monster goes ape. That was never, ever going to work. But I think that there were some people that thought it was. And at the end of all this, there is nothing but a smoldering heap of ashes. And I don't even think this group of of congressional Republicans are dumb enough to keep going on this path. And so let's wait 12 days. Let's get rid of him. And then let's watch them try to rebuild a party because it's going to be a funny thing to watch because it's not going to work. I still I still worry about this like this this fundamental issue here like the 
the departure of Donald Trump is one thing and sort of the end perhaps of MAGAism or at least the exiling of MAGAism, the sort of perpetual minority ship of Republicans, Democrats who prominent Democrats have made noises about this for some time um, before they knew they were going to secure this miraculous sweep. And now that they have secured it, have been talking about various ways that they can um, ensure their majority into the future and give themselves greater power whether it be, you know, packing the courts or granting statehood to particular places that they think would actually give them a greater uh, command of the uh, the electoral vote or just doing away with the electoral college, which in their estimation would be a net good for them. And all of that would serve to sort of guarantee their power. These people can go away. And I don't know that it actually changes the underlying dynamics, the thing that's actually dangerous. I, yeah, here. I think that's right. Like it's still very much there. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. And, and, but the thing about these people was every time they smashed a window today, they created another legislative uh, solution to a problem that might not exist and a legislative solution hmm. to a problem that might not exist that is a very bad solution. Because, hmm. you know, what they don't really understand and what they don't take into consideration is that this kind of behavior is repellent to almost everybody. I mean, my mother texted me today, and my mother's not a political person, and was like, this is disgusting, and Donald Trump is responsible for it, and this is not, you know, a, a position that, you know, I, I get from her all the time, that we talk about politics, we do not. And, um, I, you know, what ends up happening is every loss that Republicans have after this, these people have to take some credit for. They have to take some credit for Donald Trump has to take some credit for it. I mean, the squad gets bigger, right? And uh, the you know solutions to uh, our our tax problems get more onerous, and you know the the federal government gets hungrier for more and more uh, power and more and more money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are things that obviously don't happen in a vacuum, but they're also things that are the consequences of the way Republicans act. And the way Republicans act, they believe to be, and a lot of people believe, and we often talk about it, I think I often talk about it in a way that is, you know, isolated to the race at hand, to the moment at hand. And it turns mm -hmm. out at the end, it's like, no, all this bad shit that's been happening for four plus years um, is going to rebound on, on everybody. And we're seeing that. And that's exactly what, I mean, Donald Trump lost two elections in Georgia. That's period. End of story. Now, granted, you know, Loeffler and uh, Purdue are not the strongest candidates in the world, uh, but there's no way they should have lost those elections. I mean, was Raphael Warnock a, a, a great candidate? I don't believe no. so. I don't believe so. No, Handpicked no. by well, Donald, the Donald great Trump Stacey Abrams. Did, did everything he could to help those candidates everything. win. I would point Which, out that's that... The, the obvious theory here is that Donald, Donald Trump is a Democrat plan. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. the Republican Party forever. I, yeah. I mean, I wonder, is it worth even talking about anything else? Because it's been no. it's been a, a somewhat eventful week. Like there's plenty of other stuff that had happened. We, we no, mentioned the phone thing. call earlier. Well, yeah, I mean, the phone call is, you know, seems like a decade ago, right? No, but it's I it mean, certainly it, does. It, it's 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 part of the thing, right? It's part of the thing and there's also the sense that, that if you're trying to find, if you're a Republican and you're trying to find, or actually just an American in general who is distressed by all this stuff, if you're trying to find a silver lining, the response to Georgia Republicans 
you know, the the governor, Brian Kemp, and the Secretary of State, uh, Schnitzengruben, and uh, uh, the response uh, to a lot from a lot of people on Capitol Hill today gives you some measure of hope that I think that we would be in a in a in a situation that I would be four square behind um, Jake Tamper and the people that were saying that this is you know the worst day in American history and a coup is is taking place and. Um, you know, by the way, when coups take place, is usually the military is on the street in two seconds. The National Guard came in, they ambled up there. It took them a little bit. They got the fat guys out of there, and it I was. Mean, but I will, <laughs> say, I will say this: is is um, you know, I would be foursquare behind uh, Tapper if there was even a significant, um, not even a majority. I would say ten percent, eight percent, twenty percent of elected Republicans who said. You know, come right in, guys. I get it. Come in. Let's stop this. Because we believe what the president believes. The difference is, is there, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be horrible and mean about this, the people on Capitol Hill are cynical and more more sophisticated. They know what Donald Trump is doing. What's mean mean about that? Well, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm saying that all of the people that believe this stuff are not very sophisticated, (laughs) which I think is is (laughs) transparently true. I'm just trying to be nice for a second, Camille. They're fucking morons. (laughs) And the fucking morons like believe this stuff and everybody else understands, even the ones, you know, the the 12 um, uh, dishonorable idiots uh, going to sort of challenge this understand that it's a fake. They understand that this is a political ploy. The people there, the sad thing is you see these people fighting, physically fighting DC police, physically fighting Capitol Hill police. You know, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go up to the, to the, to the national guard. I don't think they'd do that, but they're doing that because they believe this stuff. How sad is that? That's, that's, that is the thing that like drove me to fury today was like, it was less about Trump and more about uh, Ted Cruz. Yeah. Uh, as he is, is saying that, hey, you know, I'm just out here trying to channel the desires and the frustrations of 39% of Americans who are strangely one half of, of, of the electorate here. He knows better just as a matter of like factual adjudication sure, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but he has made this choice. He made this choice a long, long time ago first time i ever saw that motherfucker in 2012 i thought nope uh mm-hmm. it's not gonna work um but i think to answer your question earlier uh, camille about like uh or like an intimation of should we be impeaching him again or censuring him again whatever in the last two weeks like fuck no yeah. fuck no like it, like from a strategic point of view sometimes it's it's useful to have non-democrats in the room like non-Democrats who don't like Donald Trump and can't wait for him to go, we might have something to say here. Not that like we have a strategic block that's important, but like we might have some, I don't know, intuition. And the intuition is if you make him the center of the story, he somehow managed to be the center of the story in the Georgia runoff election. Yes. Think about how fucking crazy that is. Right. Yeah, the Georgia runoff yeah. election, which was supposed to be about who controls the Senate under President Joe Biden, <laughs> became a referendum on the fucking previous president. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he did it. He, he managed to sure. do it and he lost uh, uh, rightly so. Um, so, like, uh, what do you do with him? Do you censure him? Do you do this? No, you fucking ignore him. 
You fucking yeah. ignore him. You condemn him as you need to, whatever. Uh, that's going to happen. But, like, don't launch new proceedings. Don't make that the news story. No. No, don't. Do you remember Do you remember that we had talked about this, too, is that, that hearing Donald Trump's name was a rare thing for the past month and a half. And it was probably about two True weeks prior. And just, he just kind of faded from the front page. And there was kind of an exhale that was like, oh, thank God we don't have to talk about this uh, anymore. But it was kind of inevitable that, that we were going to get to this place because, um, and I'm not being Jason Stanley here. We like you, Jason, but I'm not being Jason Stanley here. I'm just saying he does have a Hitler in the bunker kind of vibe to him right now, is that all of his adjutants, this, and we see this in the political story, Maggie Haberman today, are like, he's lost it. They're oh, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's yeah. fucking lost it. Today, and, today is the day. Yes. That. Yeah, yeah. And there was a bunch of it, even as this stuff was ramping up, even this morning, I think in political, there was a story, he has fully lost it. And that was the great genius of the uh, the the film with uh, Bruno Gantz playing Hitler, of like all these people like Mein Fuhrer, they're, they're, he's like, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> it's like there's some, and it's like, hey, shut the fuck up. I'm not comparing him to Hitler. He's not, he's not interesting in any way. He's not Hitler. But. Oh, what? This, Hitler's interesting. That's what uh, I heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who is the person today? The what, what, well, there was some, there was some, there was some congressman who said like, Hitler got one thing right. And it was like, oh, no. They, no, it said, uh, it said, uh, it was a woman. Who was it? I have to look that up. Hitler got, this was, I think, at the rally that, you know, the, the youth is our, whoever controls oh, the right, youth controls right, the future. Right. And no, I'm like, no. here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm a, I'm going to be a political consultant here. I am the Frank Luntz that, uh, you know, is not a complete shithead. Uh, oh, be nice to your friend, Frank. Ugh. Um, and <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, never start a sentence. I believe it was Hitler that once said, or he was right about one thing. Nope. No, no, no. Because even if he was, you never say it. Yeah. You know, it was like he loved this type of bird. No, it, that's not on no. balance. That's not what you talk about when you talk about Hitler. But that's the he thing. Is like, the he is in this moment of that bunker moment. And it was all, uh, I think the people, it's been the cliche of the day, but I think it's true, is that it actually has all been leading up to this. It's all like the mental breakdown to see the interaction with the media. And I was, I was never worried uh, that we were going to have a situation in which Jim Acosta was thrown into jail or something. No, I, that happens in the country that Jim Acosta's parents came from. And worried, not a, worried, titillated. Whatever, yeah. You know, it depends. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't have the hatred that other people have, uh, Jim Acosta. It's like, you know, he's going to go to jail. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, right? But it didn't say anything about what was going to become of the American, you know, polity. It wasn't what was going to become of our democracy. It was all about what was going to happen to Donald Trump in the end of a megalomaniac who was losing his mind in real time. And when those victories, and there were some victories, right? And, and particularly as the MAGA people were concerned, turned into a cascading series of losses. And then the electoral losses. And again, a guy who will debate you on the, the legitimacy of an election he won. 
This oh, is yeah. kind of an important point to remember. The man was like, I won the popular vote. You didn't. No, I don't think I did. I'm pretty sure that I did. It's like, no, you, did. you didn't. And then when you have the debate being something that is existential to his political career, and you've had four plus years of people being activated by Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is so talented at one thing. It's not very, not very hard to be talented in this thing. It always, it just relies on you not having a moral compass is to pit people against everybody else to say that they hate you. And that's the thing about that's tweet of like, they hate, I mean, th- that's what the media has been telling me. You know, it's what Donald Trump's been telling them too, that everybody hates them. And the deplorable line is, you know, a stupid fucking throwaway that I'm sure she believes and I'm sure clinging to their God and their guns that everybody believes there. That's I know a lot of people believe that. But when you constantly tell people that the other side looks at them like pieces of shit. And again, regardless of whether that's, that's true, you get you create this army of people that are just so angry and disaffected by the political process that this is the only person and the only person in the 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 history of the republican party and considering the last the last republican nominee was heckled on a plane two days ago by republicans by trump supporters right by trump supporters even the last one in in I I sent this to you guys and then I'll shut uh, up. Mitt, Mitt Romney who was Mitt sitting Romney, in first class was, and, and it was like yeah. he's in first class. That's why we didn't see him first class. Like <laughs> motherfucker, like you want me you want me to be condescending to you, you fucking hillbilly? Have you ever flown in a plane? No, probably not. You've been once and you're like you're spilling over your seats with your Jeez. red hats on, fucking going to you know invade the Capitol. He's in first class. He flies all the time. I get I sit in first class all the time because I fly a lot. It's not because he's like, here, I'm giving somebody, you know, a grand. It's also because he's super rich. (laughs) Who cares? People used to, Republicans used to like that. (laughs) Didn't they like that? They liked rich people who made their way. What the fuck is wrong with these people? This is like upside down world where, as I said, Donald Trump says fake news and then repeats things that are fake all day. And then Republicans get on, so-called Republicans get on planes and they scream at the rich guy for sitting in first class. I just am hearing Michael Moynihan not, (sighs) not being, in in um, in the, the groove with the new class war. That's weird. I thought you were I mean, like this, a isn't, class too. I, I, I like the new smart class, class the wars. New class wars <laughs> no, the new class wars is totally the thing. These are the beats of the story that are actually consequential. We we know that the pub, the Republican Party has dealt themselves a a mortal blow. Whether or not they will actually succumb to it completely and we'll have to see some other opposition party arise and all of American politics will sort of change and realignment will happen is another question entirely. But the the emerging or perhaps the newly established consensus against the elites on like both sides of the mm-hmm. political spectrum, the the consensus in favor of greater censorship, it was already the case on both that sides. both Republicans yes. and Democrats were beginning to raise serious concerns about precisely the law that Matt so badly tried to summarize <laughs> earlier in the conversation. Thank you. Like everyone, everyone. The thing about Section Three Twenty is that I don't even know. It's fucking a hundred better than the other. It's like, pretty, pretty. But but that's accurate. but that's why I keep. That's why I keep returning to like this, this like deeper dysfunction. I'm not at all convinced that we've sort of crossed the Rubicon. And finally, now that Republicans realize that they've done too much, that they've 
empowered Trump too much, that things will will start to sort of re- return to the center. The the sort of chaste, saintly Democrats who are wagging their fingers at all of these idiot Trump supporters have again for months and months and months like had supporters who were engaged in pretty like awful shit and weren't able to quell that. You got to calm down. You got to squash it. What happens next? You got to squash it. This is what Ted Wheeler, uh, the mayor of Portland finally understood because he thought that he could go along to get along and be their buddy and I'll come out and I'll protest with you. It's like, dude, they fucking hate you. He still doesn't understand. He still doesn't understand, but he, but he's been told finally that you're never going to win them over. They, they want the destruction of you, the destruction of your government, the destruction of local government, destruction of the United States government, destruction of capitalism, et cetera, is that what you have to, and the, the reason I bring up Portland is you allow this stuff to go on for so long, these people believe themselves to be consequential. They believe themselves to be, you know, storming the Winter Palace. They believe themselves to be kind of active participants in history that they're changing like no no you have to squash these fuckers like a bug like you're attacking federal buildings as we saw today you know gone sorry you're done laying siege you're laying laying siege like like, i tell you like for months fuck (laughs) you you're going to jail everybody has been like how many people like complaining about the number of people that were arrested today. The one thing I want to be clear about, by the way, and we haven't talked about this. Complaining, complaining that not enough, not enough people, people are arrested, arrested yes. today. Yes. Not a, having, not, having previously, yes. having previously in certain <laughs> context, accepted yes. a status quo exactly. where no one gets arrested yes. for anything. Yes. And it's an, Again, that is the perverse reality that we have lived in for an extended period of time. It's why it, it's so hard for me to just isolate one of these things and take it in that context. When I say, when I use the phrase crisis of authority, which I'm borrowing from Martin Gurry and the book that I have repeatedly uh, endorsed and suggested that people should go pick up revolt of the public, which is still an incredible read that you should pick up. I am referring to the whole of it. Yeah. Like all of it on both sides. That's both sidesism, Camille. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but then, on, and, and in fact, both sides isn't even useful. All sides. All, all, yeah, like, all sides matter. There, there is. <laughs> the thing is, is that you know, I think that when I said about about Portland, is that that nobody complained about it in Portland, and of course, of course. Stop, stop fucking rolling your eyes, people. Of course, it's different in Portland. It's, of course, different when the, the state house is taken over in Wisconsin. Of course, it's different when these yahoos do the same thing in Michigan. When it's, when it's the, the capital, it's, it's, it's substantially different. But we talk about things that are different, that have similar instincts because they're decent and, and interesting comparisons. The one about Portland is, you look at these numbers, the people that have been arrested and let out or been prosecuted, it's like zero. Like, and there's some people have been murdered there, right? There's been murders there. Like there was Uh someone shot tonight. There was someone shot there. This is this kind of political violence. You cannot let it fester. And I am happy that, you know, the DOD apparently was like, hmm, on this uh, idea of sending out uh, National Guard. And that was very quickly uh, overturned. And D.C. National Guard, Virginia, I believe Maryland, too, all came into place as they should. Um, to prevent these these um, these creatures from from trying to to break into to the capital and prevent the the elected representatives of the country from doing their business, an anti democratic act, by the way, 
a very basic anti-democratic act that should be prevented. The same thing is true in Portland on a very, very small scale. But you allow this stuff to happen. You don't prosecute people. You say, you know, I get your anger and, and you reap what you sow. The thing that you have to do when people do this stuff is you have to stamp it out immediately. And you have to, anybody who comes into that building, arrested. Everyone. You can't fucking find places to, 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 to house them for the night. Drive them to fucking Richmond. Arrest them. They're breaking, in, they're breaking. It's a federal fucking facility and it's a federal crime. They're committing federal crimes. People have been outlining this, some law professor outlining this today of like, these are the federal crimes these people are committing. Arrest them. Don't let them, I don't want to see that picture of them sitting around the, the hotel without their masks on. Again, they don't have their masks on. I don't give a fuck. They've literally just committed a series of crimes. And I don't know if all of them were involved in this. I think that there was obviously people that protested that didn't get involved in this and a smaller group did, but it was a big enough group to be very, very worrying and all of those people should be thrown to jail and they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Period. End of story. You don't fuck around with stuff like this. We have witnessed no, Michael Moynihan no, become a No, cop Michael Moynihan. In- riots, riots are destructive, dangerous, and scary, but can lead to serious social reform. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 that me being funny or is that a Vox headline? Yeah. I don't know. Google. Oh, it. was that a real one? That is a real one. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I'm looking at. Read it. it. Well, I just did. Yeah, I want to read it. I want <laughs> now. Now that you've revealed what you were, I thought you were you were just talking. I was like, hmm, Camille's lost his fucking mind. Porn. Yeah. Now that I know what it is, read the headline. Riots are destructive, dangerous, yes. and scary. Yes. But can lead to serious social reforms. Yeah. Thank God now, we're gonna now, fix it, those elections. Again, this is. This is not me, you know, pointing, directing your attention to some, some, you know, best-selling book like In Defense of Looting, <laughs> which is a thing yeah, that yeah. happened yeah, yeah. this past summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Really good book. This is, this is just an isolated incident. And the only thing that we should be concerned about is the orange man who's on his way out the door and the excesses of a Republican Party that is in shambles and is likely to be in the political wilderness for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, is it? The, but that's what we talk about today. The threat, I, I, the threat, not, has, the threat not, has subsided. Has it? We're, we're through the worst of it. He's been banned from Twitter, which is definitely not just some sort of stupid. performative exercise because he will totally not so, be able to get his message out anymore. He's, he's now been silenced. We've won. We're going to see so much like banning of Trump earlier Yep. Literally this morning, I was like uh, uh, emailing with a friend of ours who works for Reason about my next column, and it's about media stuff. I'm like, you know what? They're probably going to ban uh, Trump from Twitter by the end of January. It's like, no, dude. Like by the end of of this week, probably. <laughs> it's it's is effectively the real thing. already happened. <laughs> no, but like he can't go into his account. As we were talking about earlier, like there, there is going to be this backlash um, that I think is going to be more profound than we can even think about in this exact moment. Because precisely because it was a traumatic thing to watch. It still is. I mean, if we fired up the computer now, thank God we're not. Um, we could still see the images. We could still see the, uh, the TV images. It's bad. It was a bad day. Um, and there's a lot of bad like memories associated with it. And so people are going to try to figure out a way, much as they did in December 2015 when the San Bernardino terrorist attack happened, when both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump within 
like 24 or 36 hours of one another said like, we just need to make sure that the jihadists can never go on the internet again. Right. Mm. Um, which like, you know, on, <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> on first glance makes sense. If you don't think about it, then if you think about it, it's like, Oh shit. So the, like, they're not going to have a place where they can, where we can actually track what they do. Yes. You know, um, open source intelligence is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. it's a thing that that's important to to track these people. So, in a similar way, right now, like there's this feeling, uh, I think, uh, of too many people in the journalism in- industry, in particular, political class, and and elsewhere, of like we can just create these rules to make these people go away. The, the, you know, the argument too, the counter argument to that is when you look at somebody like um, Milo Yiannopoulos or somebody like. Um, Alex Jones, that deplatforming works. This is the, the you've seen this a lot, right? Deplatforming works because you don't hear from them anymore. What you saw today, by the way, is the, how insular these arguments are because they haven't heard from them anymore. That's the point, right? It doesn't mean that other people haven't, right? That, that they mm-hmm. haven't found. I mean, Miley Yiannopoulos was was never a serious uh, person, and he was it was it was like a legitimate. Uh, to use a word that's overused, it was a legitimate grift. I mean, he was spending the Mercer's money in in ways that were offensive, ultimately, to the Mercer's. But, you know, people who get kicked <laughs> off of platforms, there's also a limit to it, right? You cannot kill everybody. You cannot isolate every person who has a big voice. You cannot say uh, that Dan Bungigo, what's that guy's name? Dan Bungicord. The Bungicord guy. Yeah, bung, yeah, the Bunga Bunga Party guy. Cannot be on Facebook <laughs> because he's a he's an idiot and uh, he's number one on all these uh, by all these Facebook metrics. Y- you can wait for him to say the wrong thing and then you can you can you know cut him out of the thing. But there's a certain point at which you know you're creating a much worse situation for everybody because that's where we're headed. <laughs> that's where we're headed, and, oh, and, and sure. I worry that th- about this because you know the second the Milo's and these people are taken off whatever platform the second the new york post has its account suspended for for writing about uh the president's uh like crappy son uh it doesn't take you long to go out on the campaign trail to hear everybody talking about it and everybody does and the thing is every time you go anywhere with a camera who are you with every time every time who are you with and you're like, ah, O-A-N-N-N. We're the new one with three N's because uh, we're super con- conservative. We're, just, we're more conservative than you ever, ever imagined. And if you don't say the right thing, they get in your face. Or sometimes they're curious and ask you um, questions that aren't interesting at all, but but a bit you know scary. <laughs> but uh, that happens because of all the things that have happened, right? It's not just, if you think that people on Fox just saying liberal media, liberal media, liberal media, it's like, Okay, there's a liberal media. That's not, I don't think that's controversial. That most of the people in the sort of mainstream of the New York Times is a sort of left of center paper. Um, probably true of uh, CNN and, and NBC, et cetera. So when you go further than that, you know, people can observe that because it's you know objectively true, right? When people when you go further than that and give them all this this kindling for their ro- now roaring fire of all of these individuals that have been taken offline, and I can't think of any of these people who have been, quote-unquote, deplatformed that I liked um, or that I ever read or that I had any respect for or didn't think were, you know, really kind of, you know, 
gross and sometimes sinister people exploiting their fans. Um, but I don't want to get rid of them because of that. And I don't think that it solves anything. It's the exact same thing that libertarians or people that are opposed in general to banning things. I have in my hand right here a vape pen uh, th- uh, uh, that is banned uh, because they banned all the flavors in New York. I, it hasn't stopped me from getting anything. Of course. I mean, of course I'll figure it out. It takes me two fucking seconds. You know, make, you make you an outlaw in some the most ridiculous, embarrassing way. It's like I buy mint vapes. It's like, you know, that's not <laughs> tough at all. But you'll figure it out, right? You'll get, I mean, banning things for these young, particularly young people who are like, get them off, deplatform them. That will, that will get rid of that idea. No. Debating those people, humiliating them will get rid of that idea. And that's a that's actually proven to be true with people like Milo, who's been kind of humiliated by a lot of these things, and you know other people that have been proven to be sort of fucking buffoons. Stop trying to legislate them, or you know, not even legislate them in a private company way. Get them off the radar, and they'll go away. This shit doesn't go away. It doesn't. That's not how you do it. Anyway, I've put everyone to sleep. Yeah, haven't no, I? you you haven't. You haven't. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a it's been a long, long day, a long week. It's um, been a long, long, yeah. long time. I don't know. I mean, what it, what else? What else you guys want to do before we uh, before we wrap this no, up? Because we good, gonna. Man. I know we want to pump this out pretty quick. Yeah, this is a this is a very much uh, very fast one. Well, look, let's 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 wrap this up. Right. I mean, we can we yeah. can get out of here in a little bit. I I, I did want to say just because I I did devote. A, quite a bit of time to watching like the Jacob Blake stuff that that happened yesterday which if you were not paying attention you might have missed the fact that yesterday Tuesday in Kenosha Wisconsin Jacob Blake the gentleman who um most of you probably heard was shot seven times in the back but it turns out that things are somewhat more complicated than that in either case he was shot multiple times um lost the ability to walk um, is still in hospital, if I understand correctly, or perhaps is at home, but is still, you know, yeah. being going through physical therapy and all the other things that that happen when you suffer, you know, a significant, significant injury like that. Um, the DA came back yesterday in Kenosha. Um, independent investigation had been concluded and there was a decision made not to prosecute the officer who shot Blake. Um, and there was a rather remarkable i thought like two hour press conference um and if if you watch it i think you you'll be impressed by the level of detail um, and the thoroughness of the presentation on the part of the da um, and the independent investigator who's a former law enforcement officer who was called in to to review the case um kenosha as i've talked about in the past is a place where they actually have a process and a specific independent investigative unit that shows up on the scene to collect evidence and to document the case. Um, there's also a federal investigation that is independent from the local Kenosha investigation that's taken place there. Um, but it's, it's super, this, the stuff is super interesting. The degree to which the, the case is not what people imagined um, or the various things that people said early on um, seems really important to me. And the thing that I'm, I'm astonished by a great many things, unsurprisingly, the outcome and the details related to the outcome haven't seemed to persuade most of the people who were sort of most outraged by this and wanted to see this officer go to jail. 
Um, the details of the presentation haven't mattered nearly as much to them, it seems. Um, but people were sort of bracing for some sort of blowback that didn't materialize Ooh. yesterday. Um, and I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know if it was too cold in Wisconsin. I don't know if the particular incidents don't matter nearly as much in, in many instances. I don't know if it's because it's Jacob Blake, um, a guy who, like, when you actually look at the details here, like, this was a, a, a bad situation. He's not a good guy. Like, the mm. felony sexual assault charge, like, that's some dark shit. And there were multiple multiple instances of sort of domestic violence um, between Jacob Blake and the mother of his children. Um, and Jacob Blake, who I was surprised to learn yesterday, had been previously involved in an incident with law enforcement, like in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, where he brandished a knife, just like in this circumstance. Only then he actually... Uh, slashed at officers and implored them to come on and shoot me. Um, it's just the details matter. The facts matter. And having some patience and waiting for the facts to actually materialize and be presented like seems completely appropriate. And I don't, I don't know that we're any better at doing that. Um, but at any rate, we did receive some facts there. Um, and that does seem to be yeah, and some think, sort of resolution. I think that I was in Kenosha um, right after that happened. And I think that one of the things that probably affected there not being a uh, protest, um, I think there were protests, but kind of small ones and, and, and certainly not, not violent in any yeah, way. Nothing violent. Nothing at all. Um, was that the number of people that I spoke to who were really interesting people, one in particular that I think I've talked about ages ago on the show, who was a young uh, black kid who skateboarded around town live streaming everything. And he told me um, that the Kenosha police don't have a race problem. They have a power problem and went into a really interesting uh, discussion of that. But he was the one that pointed out to me that, look, you know, the, most of the people that I, I know everybody around here, Kenosha is not a big town. And the people that are out here are not from Kenosha. And, you know, you've heard that after the fact and um, there were people who's, you know, somebody whose car, they were arrested in D.C., the car that was spotted in Kenosha, and they were ultimately arrested in D.C. There were just people that were, it was the summer of protest, you know. They were going around to places, and um, they were not ready for this. They didn't know it was coming, and it just plopped one day, and they were not about to get in their cars and go to Kenosha. So there was a lot of outside stuff there in the people of Kenosha that were angry, protested, and uh, protested to me and and I think other people in the media that the stuff that had happened, like the burning down of uh, local uh, businesses, uh, a lot of Im Im the one that I interviewed, immigrant-owned business, was the big one. Was the all those cars that you saw burned? Uh, those were not Kenosha people, and they were very clear about that. that they wanted that to be known, and so. Yeah, these are people that were professional agitators. They came from out of town, much like the people that came from out of town in D.C. today. I think the other that were arrested, there were, I think, two or three that were from Virginia. The rest were from out, out of state. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyway. I mean, it, it, I guess for me, it's just like the when I talk about, like, the capacity for, for conspiratorial belief, like the, the Milwaukee Bucks, among other people, like, issued statements immediately following the these announcement. Um, I imagine they didn't sort of consult the record and take a look at the the presentation of the evidence. But 
the the statement is the past year shed light on the ongoing racial injustice facing our African American uh, facing our African American and other marginalized communities. Um, the statement reads in part. Um, recurring instances of excessive use of force and immediate escalation when engaging with black com- the black community must stop. We will continue to work to enact policy changes so these incidents no longer exist. What is these incidents like in this particular case? It is definitely the case that he that his wife or the the woman with whom he was engaged like calls the police and asks them to come because he is attempting to steal a vehicle that doesn't belong to him. And one of her kids is apparently involved in inside the car. He resists arrest and is resisting arrest for a felony sexual assault. This isn't disputed. He knew that he was under he was um, that the warrant was out for his arrest, that he was risking arrest, as his text messages indicate, Mm -hmm. um, despite him suggesting something to the contrary. He brandished a knife and the officers wrestled with him. They made three different attempts to sort of tase him and take him into custody nonviolently. He fought them and he fought them successfully enough that he was able to get on top of one of the officers to get away from them, to be able to walk around the front of his vehicle to try to enter this car all the while, all the while ignoring requests to drop a knife like they they did a lot to try to take him into custody and in the end, he ends up getting shot and fortunately for him, like survives. But they've also decided not to prosecute him for the sexual assault or any of the resisting arrest or anything else. And I mean, what is that? The protests work mean? in that sense, right? Why, why, why are we OK with that? Are we OK with that in, in service of of believing this this fiction that is like obviously not true? profoundly untrue why have a press conference <laughs> there's a lot of people that get shot there's a lot of people that i mean they're having a press conference obviously because there was uh civil unrest i think is the phrase that we supposed to use is that uh surrounding this stuff there was riots and the rest of it so they had a press conference that was two hours long in a case that i don't would normally not merit that but you know i mean it's it's those work in the sense that I think that the the SOP was like, okay, this is going to maybe create some anger, but we won't uh, prosecute prosecute him for these things. I will plead ignorance here and also caution ignorance here, which is to say, like, I don't know why. You ask why? I don't know why. I, I, I didn't look at the case, right? It's possible that it's because it became a hot, like, button issue and People didn't want to get anywhere near it, mm-hmm. whatever. Probable even, but I don't know. Right? I think that the, 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 where we are at the end of this, which is exactly what I thought when I saw this stuff going on today, is after this summer and after the good things and the bad things and everything in between, that we are in a place now, and I think it's a bad place, I think it's a very dangerous place too, that the racialization of everything continues apace. When I, we, before we started this podcast uh, recording, I saw that um, what was trending was uh, the hashtag white privilege. And I had been sending to Camille and you all day 
the what quickly hardened into cliche of that if these protesters were black, they'd all be dead now, they'd all be shot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And literally everybody, I heard Anderson Cooper say it. I mean, everybody that was interviewed had to clear their throat it's by saying it. And this totally absurd. was not an issue that had anything to do with race. I mean, this is why the, is that totally absurd just for skeptics? I mean, we've, we've had protests and demonstrations like for for much of this year. Many of them have been teeming, teeming with black people. Um, And in many instances, these protests have gone on. Extraordinary levels of property destruction have taken place in certain places. And police officers have, in some instances, used tear gas as they did today. In some instances, people have instances, people got hurt, as has happened today. By and large, the protests went on and even the worst actors were able to 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 get away with some pretty extraordinary acts of violence and vandalism and far fewer people than one might expect were arrested there was a, seemingly a general disposition of sort of non-engagement in a lot of instances uh, perhaps it's because these police departments were overwhelmed in different circumstances but the lesson of the summer isn't that if black people come out into the street and express their discontent with some circumstance, that they're likely to be murdered, just ruthlessly murdered in the street, genocided by police officers. That isn't the case. I mean, and also it's just not true. It, it, well, also it is, it is yeah. factually inaccurate. So I think depositing that if these people were black, they would be likely to be mowed down by officers in front of the Capitol building. It's absurd. When, when after, during the RNC convention, when Rand Paul and his wife were like walking back to, uh, walking back to their hotel from the White House and they were surrounded by protesters, like the law enforcement officer didn't draw his gun and start murdering people in the street. There's some guy with a bike fecklessly trying to push back against a massive crowd who has these people surrounded. If people were hurt that night, other people were just completely terrified out of their minds. Some people were beaten. There were not, there were not like mass casualties that evening on the side of the protesters. You also have to look it, at with the police and be be sort of. <laughs> I'm going to get pigeonholed on this one again. Understanding of the cops in this way is that um, everyone's like, "Why didn't they arrest him? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that?" It's like, I don't know, but what, what I will guess was that there was actually an active kind of, number one, they were not prepared that they should be be beaten up for that. But they were um, understaffed, which is clear. There was, you know, 100 people and three people kind of trying to hold these barricades up. And uh, they were also trying to de-escalate the situation. I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's it's really interesting when people in a minute are like, why didn't you do more? Why didn't you, like... You know, I think all these people should be arrested and thrown into jail for a very long time. But did they have the <laughs> capabilities of doing that right at that moment? I don't know. Like, I don't think the police were being soft on them, number one. And number two, it's like, you know, every, like, oh, if they were black, like, half the, like, the one video that everyone was saying of the guy getting, you know, run up the stairs, the cops were black. I mean, I mean, are these, you know, going to genocide their, their other black people and because they hate black people? I don't understand. But, the thing that really annoyed me about this, and this is a kind of judgment call, and I guess things have changed so much that it doesn't make any any sense or any difference anymore. I don't think it's the business of of um, people hosting news shows. 
whether they're opinion shows or not, to be, and these are people who are not opinion mongers only, they're these in the tapper, um, you know, I heard uh, Anderson Cooper saying this, of saying like, this would happen if it were, it's like, that's not, that's not your job. Your job is not to blindly speculate and, you know, create fear in people and say that the Washington, D.C. police force and the Capitol Hill police force are a bunch of kind of racists who are trigger happy and would probably shoot black people. That's what you're saying as the host of a CNN show based on nothing but an instinct. I just maybe let the people who come on uh, and, and are, in fact, are let watched, them do that. Let I them watched, do that. Don't uh, do that yourself. Jake Tapper, who, again, I. I friendly with and and have a lot of respect for me too he, he interviewed uh, muriel bowser the head of um maybe the mayor of dc who knows but head of the uh, of uh, of dc's uh law enforcement in in any uh, case and asked her um like hey it's kind of weird that they let all these white people into the capital yeah. even if it's your, if it's your not, it's not your jurisdiction and she absolutely refused to take the bait every single time, yeah. every single time. And yeah. like he stretched it out for five minutes. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Didn't happen. Um, it's, I get it in, in that, like you should look for an, in an unequal treatment. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, but is there an huh? example of that recently? <laughs> it's is, hard, right? And in equal is hard. Yeah. You know. Um, but Particularly like, right now, I don't, at the end of the podcast. I, no, I just I need to understand what you're what you're getting. That's at what I'm, I'm missing. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like fuck. Like you can't you can't get to that right. Like and it's also you're you're talking to people about as if what they're doing on a daily basis is this crazy racialist nonsense. It's like he wanted to get an admission of something that no one would ever hopefully even think about, let alone admit, right? And that's that's actually the spirit in which so many people were treating today. Like today should be the day that we finally learn that there's uh, unequal treatment between like white yahoos with shitty fucking neck beards. A lot of shitty beards. <laughs> so many Oh my shit. God. And like the it was horns, like a ZZ Top uh, impersonator contest. Not even in a good way. No, no, no. no. Uh, but like they weren't taking the bait at all. No. Not even a little bit. I, I mean, I think that like, you know, somebody got shot. The person was white. And I don't know what that, how that, how that plays into, um, uh, you know, th- this kind of idea that, that uh, black people get shot. But, you know, they were people dressed uh, as Vikings. And I think that when yeah. I saw that uh, shirtless people addressed as Vikings, that the maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when it undercut the seriousness of it, uh, maybe I should be taking it more seriously when I saw these people. But I then realized that the last people to effectively, uh, you know, perpetrate a coup d'etat dressed as Vikings were the Vikings. And so or, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, or the KLF, uh, the KLF. Yes. Thank they you. burned a million pounds. Uh, we don't know if that's true, but, uh, Camille's, I think Camille's playing uh, uh world of Warcraft or something. I wouldn't like no, that. no, I'm, I'm here with you guys. Right, I'm okay. here with yeah. you. We're, right. we're, we're doing our thing. Right. Well, we should break out of here. Yeah, we? we should, we should wrap it up. This is this has been a. I gotta get Matt in the cab. 
such a bizarre. No, no. It's been such a bizarre. Make love. Such a bizarre year. Golly. It's, it it just started. The, the new year. We're in 2021. This is fucking Well, horrible. it doesn't. People people imagined that the year was over, but not yeah. really. This is just a continuation of 2020. It's the same shit. It's always like, it's all the same. And that, listen, the one day. thing we haven't even talked about: those people weren't wearing masks. Yeah, they were angry. Yeah, <laughs> they were not wearing masks. Well, no, I pointed out that they were, that they were fucking morons because now they're going to get caught for not wearing masks when they're like stealing mail from Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Put and him, they're protesting the wrong stuff. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Put them in jail. That's all of them bad and makes them fuck them all susceptible to COVID. Yeah. It is interesting that the last point I'll make on all of this is this is a podcast where we haven't been enamored with like any of these mass social movements. And it's nope. hard to even <laughs> I can't even say that really in response to the stop the steal crowd, because this is not a mass social movement. Nope. No. The people who are actually coming to these things, mass- it, it is a, a, a sliver yeah. of the population that was actually turning out for, you know, demonstrations massive demonstrations not riots and and that's the other thing like the the reason i i underscore that we weren't enamored with either of these things either category of these demonstrations um is because in both instances it's it's interesting to me that we went out of our way to not and and maybe i'm just i'm patting us on the back in which case good let me continue (laughs) like we didn't go out of our way to castigate people who were participating in protests over the summer as like completely, totally rioters. They're all dangerous rioters who engaged in horrible, a horrible act of insurrection. And this is monstrous. And everyone who believes black lives matter things is completely culpable for the worst atrocities of the baddest actors. No, we made that distinction. And, and we don't, and we don't do that here either. And it's not a matter of excusing like anyone of culpability. It, it's the consistency is totally appropriate because it's true. But and Camille, can, right and accurate. just to defend myself on this, I said that, I mean, this happened today. We're recording today and I don't know. I don't have enough information. I don't know. I just know what I saw. But what I did actually say is that I'm, I think that there was a small group of whom who actually, you know, went into yeah. the actual capital. And I think the rest of them were just um, morons outside and being dumb. And there's no, yeah. we can't punish them for being complete idiots. Uh, but we, we, we should punish the ones who are idiots uh, that are attacking the cops and being violent and breaking windows at yes. the Capitol. I, I was not I was not um, I was not attacking you. I heard you no, say no, that no, earlier. Yeah. I was yeah. I was saying that this is this is what we do. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, try. Like, we try. It's it's responsible and, and, and thoughtful most of the time. Though I said um, did say throw them all in jail. <laughs> even yeah. even even shoot when I'm making excuses for white supremacy because I love it so much. No, that's not what I said. The only thing I said, and I know that's you didn't say you wanted them no, shot. No, I said that they, you they, hope they I all mean, get shot. I mean, no, I some you some said, some yeah, in the leg. It's fine. Like Joe no, Biden wants. I said it's fine. That you the get, most ardent cop haters are are all screaming "Blue Lives Matter" today. Yeah, well, they love it. yeah, and and attacking the cops. But it's so so strange. No, I said that you. I don't put myself in situations where I can get shot. Uh-huh. So try not to That's, do that. That's all I said. That's all I said. Yeah. So like don't, tailgating I've seen, people. Yeah. If I get yeah. if I get. I've shot, seen I you deserve get into it. Some, into some arguments on the street. Oh, in New I get York it. City yeah, I know, and I get shot. Random I, people. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. I know exactly. You don't know who's packing. Don't cry for me, Argentina. It's, when I get shot in the face, nobody cares. Turning back into Serpico's New York over there. So you need to be careful. <laughs> I am fucking. I am set with a big straw hat. <laughs> Come on, man. I know. All right. All right.
Yeah. All right, bye. 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 We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Horse.